plenty of decks don't get to draw three cards for one mana. Well, I mean, all the good ones do. Hi, I'm Jake. And I'm Matt. And we're back. We're even recording the way we're supposed to in the same room. Episode should be up on time this week. We are Cantrip Cartel. We are here to talk magic. Matt, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing well enough. The stars aligned, so we were both off at a reasonable time today. I stayed a little even, bit late to finish up like a truck inventory, but even though it is Thursday, we are recording. That's my fault, though, is I have been so exhausted. I worked over 13. I know I worked almost 13 hours on Monday mm -hmm. and that I was so tired from Monday that I didn't do anything on Tuesday. Or not sorry. I'm sorry. I, on Tuesday, I worked Monday. I had uh, actually a fun story of things I did. But Tuesday, I worked 13 hours. I was so tired from that on Wednesday. I was like, we're not. I know we're not recording. Yeah. <laughs> and so now it is Thursday and we are recording. Yep. So uh, that's that. Uh, let me think here. So my wife is in Florida. Left you. <laughs> I mean, sort of. <laughs> She's coming back. <laughs> but she did leave. Um, and I have done really nothing when she's gone. Yep. So like basically uh, I got a few movies and I watched those. So I watched, uh, let me think here. Kingdom of Heaven, which is like a, a Ridley Scott movie about the Crusades. Uh, I've been watching My Hero Academia. I saw you were watching when I got in. That, yeah, it kind of makes me want to watch some of the earlier episodes again. I need to. I need to watch. I, we need to start watching it again. Me and Sarah, because like I liked it. I kind of. I quit watching it because we caught caught up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm like at the, I think at this point I'm like sixty something episodes in. Oh, that's a little ways. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's farther than I thought. It's. Have they, have you met one for all yet? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. He's he's sitting in jail. Oh okay yeah yeah. yeah I have no perspective of where the episodes up. are. Um, and we're past that. Like, uh, there, there's this like group of villains that's kind of working with the pseudo yakuza guys, yeah. and they're about to take them down. They've got the like little girl that they're bleeding to like make a drug that turns off quirks. Yeah. Um. So they're in fact when you came over they were just like serving the warrant to like rescue the girl. Um, so thanks for interrupting that. Yep. <laughs> uh, and then I haven't yep. got a chance to watch them yet, but I got master and commander and then Troy as well. So, um, which I've seen all three of these movies before. I hadn't seen the, uh, director's cut of kingdom of heaven. Um, it's pretty good. It's a lot better than the theatrical release. Okay. Mixpad crashed and then caught back up. We returned to our regularly scheduled programming. Gotcha. So anywho, um, and then let's, let me see here. I haven't, well, we were playing Minecraft. I hit it really hard last weekend, and I'm currently the only one who's really played it. So, yes. like, I'm I'm basically in a holding pattern until I get some more people on there because, like, I've got my shit pretty teched out, like not perfectly or anything. Yep. Um, but Where I've got like all the diamonds. Do you have them? They're on my person. Uh, they're actually in the. Uh, I don't think I'm on. They're on my person. I think they're in. I moved. A, I got a house in that village. Oh, and they're okay. in there, like, because that's where I was working. So I moved all that shit over there. I took a couple hours last night. Um, now for everyone listening to this, and they're mad they've been on. I just got everyone added. Um, there's been a lot of computer snafus going on with me recently, which is why you guys didn't get added sooner. Which I'll talk about that. But I hopped on, um, and I was starting to do some. I started decorating that pathway mm -hmm. through the woods. Yep. I got some. I got some kind of cool ideas of how I want to decorate that. But I was I, I spent like five minutes going to all the chests and be like, where the, where the hell are, are the diamonds? Matt said we have like a stack and a half of diamonds. Yeah. I want some diamonds. Well, we did. We've got about 45 or 50 left. 
Well, just, that means everyone else can have the last like five or ten once I make all my stuff. Yeah. So I haven't like enchanted my armor yet, but I, I mean, when you're dicking around on the surface, you don't need it. Yeah, like no. you're basically in all. You're almost invincible with just diamond armor, like yep. regular diamond armor. Um, uh, I haven't messed around in the Nether too much. Um, we need to find somewhere to make a monster spawner. I like having monster spawners, so we have pretty much infinite monster parts, and I usually make them. I usually I. I need to be really careful when I make them because you can make them so that they're like one block short enough that they don't die. Mm-hmm. And then you put like you some pistons. And- well, you see, so you can poke them for XP or you, uh, what you do is you can make like some pistons and you can raise the floor once one or two squares. And then they are sorry that you would lower the floor a couple squares. So it's fine if they do die. Mm-hmm. So you can have both so where can, it can run automatically. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, yeah. We've got a monster spawner. We actually had two. And I destroyed one on accident. Well, I destroyed it intentionally, thinking I could pick it up with a Silk Touch pickaxe. But I played so much modded that I don't know what I can and can't do on oh, some you of these. Can't? I tried, and it did not work. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I don't think you can move them. Yeah. So I've got there. So you know how I told you there was an abandoned mine, like an yes. actual mine, on when I dug down. You usually can find caves or uh, there. It's huge. Spi- spiders spawners like, there fucking huge that's good one of them was a zombie i think the other one was either another zombie one or a skeleton one skeleton skeleton's ones are, the best they're a lot more valuable yeah. yeah bone meal is super useful but i what i want to build is um a, is it's not super high up is, is it oh is it well, not? Uh, well no i guess it's in the positives and i i i keep thinking in terms of older yeah. minecraft you can yeah it's as long you, as you can drop them like 40 you're yeah, fine yeah you're good um but i want to build like one in the sky Mm-hmm. Um, just because I like have that gives you everything. Then that'll give you a creep. Mostly, what it does, I want TNT. Yeah, and I want our gunpowder for TNT and rockets because we eventually we'll get Elytra, and like that's what I want. The problem is they're big eyesores. They're, yep. they're ugly as shit, and we're kind of going for an aesthetic look here. So yeah, build it somewhere. Away. Well, what we need to do is we need to get um where the nether. We need to make a little nether hub, and we need to find somewhere away, and that's where we will put our monster spawner. Ideally, realistically, it's kind of funny we found one near spawn. The best place to put a monster spawner is in your spawn block, the uh, the spawn chunk, mm-hmm. because I believe, at least the way Minecraft used to work, that's always loaded. Mm-hmm. If someone's on the server, that chunk is always loaded no matter where you are. Whereas oh, run. if I put it a thousand blocks away and we're chilling in the town fucking around, it's not going to be loaded unless someone sits over there in AFKs. Mm-hmm. But, can, you, can you cheat and like, do they have... In modded, you could have like chunk loaders. Is there? Uh, I don't think they have them in regular. They don't have it. But in you just leave. It. I mean, you just go over there and like you do an AFK session. You just sit there and turn your computer on, you know, sleep mode, or even you turn your screens off and just go to bed for eight hours. And eight or ten hours of mob spawner running gives you a lot of shit. Yeah, it gives you enough. Yeah. The uh, the other thing we should get going since you have a village, we should get a um, we should figure out how to make one and get a fucking iron farm going mm-hmm. so that we can get just pseudo infinite iron. Because infinite, because iron is so useful. The uh, I don't really know what I want to do. Like I know what I want to do, but I have no idea like how to get to there from here. Yeah. Um. So I want to deck out that village and like grow it and expand it, and like you can like breed villagers and get them to like trade you different items yep. and shit like that. So I want to have it full of not only have it full of villagers, but have it full of useful villagers. Yeah. Uh, like I think currently the best one we got was like. Some amount of paper for emeralds, which Ooh, isn't actually bad. That's very good. Um, and there was a couple others, but like we don't have any like good ones. Yep. I got super so I spent probably forty five minutes to an hour in that uh just wandering around that uh, abandoned mine. And it, the weird thing is, like 
it's fucking enormous. Like, I don't know. They must have just increased the size of these things. Yeah. Like, you could walk in one direction for, like, 20 minutes. That's and a very still long be in it. mine shaft. Yeah, it was really weird. Uh, so I'm like, I, I don't know what's going on here, but um, there was a ton of chests in it. Yep. And that's where I got one of my fortune. I got a fortune three book. I got lucky. Oh, nice. So not only when I put uh, efficiency four on my pick, did it come with a fortune three? I also have another fortune three book. Ooh. So I saw that. Is it the one that's down by the, there's one that's put away by the enchanting table. I don't know if it's in there or not. It might be. Well, it, that's it. I thought that was your main one. That's your extra one. I'm putting it on my pickaxe. That way I can yeah. have a fortune. Three. Yeah, you can put it on there. So if, if I'm fucking around, I, if I find some diamonds or whatever, I can fortune three them up. Actually, I'll put it on. A, I'll put it on a. Put it on, on a shovel. I'll put it on an iron axe. That way, I can use my diamond axe for everything and just pull the pull the <laughs> iron one out for what I need. Now you got to put all that shit on your hoe. Yeah. <laughs> got to get that's, that. That's how you flex. Yep. The uh, that was one of my favorite memes from back in the day. Is like. It was a Minecraft meme. It was never waste your diamonds on a hoe. Yep. <laughs> That's 100% true. Although so. I have, laughably, I have gone, like, doing, like, large-scale farming. I have I gone know, through, I have you go through 10 hoes. Yeah, I'll do it with, like, once I get to the point where, like, I have, I'm like, okay, I, I don't use iron anymore Yep. for tools. I'm like, I'm, I have diamond shovels. Like, yep. I'm not fucking around with this. I usually don't enchant shovels with anything, though, because, like, if... I don't like when shovels have high efficiencies on them because they clear too quickly and yeah. you often end up breaking blocks that you don't want to. I, I think you'll like, <laughs> I did some some really cool kind of terraforming on that path. I think it's really cool. Oop. Did you know you can make pathways with shovels? No. So if you go to a grass block, if you, like if right click is dig, left mm -hmm. click will make it a path. Gotcha. So. And it like puts, basically decorates the block yep. a little bit. Cool. Yep. There's actually, there's actually really cool like, um, uh, my, uh, redstone or there's like cool implications about it because it changes the actual height of the block. Gotcha. So you can not, use it to like break up redstone paths or whatever. Can, yeah. And well, you can do that and you can like, it's, there's lots of times when just changing the height of a block by a fractional amount can really affect how things move across it can or what still can put we, stuff on top of it. Or is it kind of like a slab when you put stuff on top of it, it'll destroy the path. Gotcha. So if you put a dirt block on top of it, it'll fill that little, picks a couple pixels in and then and then make it back to dirt gotcha. kind of like if you farm and mm -hmm. you jump on it yeah yeah like that cool. i think it might put it down to the same level as farm like you know when you when you till soil it lowers it mm -hmm. it's kind of like that except it's not you can jump and run on it it's not like tilt soil gotcha which it, is cool yeah um what else did i do i watched some videos of remnant 2 last yeah. night that's a game we're, we're thinking about playing we're thinking about playing remnant 2 we're also thinking about playing we were thinking about playing diablo 4 but it's kind of gotten a lot of flack lately yeah and like uh, i was telling you before the show like from your perspective you're not going to really notice a difference between diablo 3 and diablo 4 mm -hmm. i've played diablo 3 a ton yeah diablo 3 is way more arcadey than diablo 2 is yeah so like it's just more of a like run around have fun blow shit up like it's not super difficult although you can make it really difficult yeah because you can you can like really customize the difficulty in the uh, later Diablos and you can within reason do it on the fly. So like um, in Diablo two, you have to, you start as a normal character, then you beat normal, you can play in nightmare, then you beat nightmare and you can play in hell and that's it. Right. Yeah. In Diablo, there's like a scaling. It's just a drop down menu and you can just jack up the difficulty. Oh, nice. And you can make it a lot harder and you get, you know, proportionately more XP and uh, like magic find in it. Yep. So, and then the goal is obviously to get to the highest difficulty and then start farming, which is not hard. And then farm, uh, like greater rifts 
which are just repeatable dungeons, basically. Okay. That's the that's the end game of Diablo three, um, which is basically the they change a lot of the terms going mm-hmm. from Diablo three to Diablo four, but. Diablo 4 consists of run dungeons, but do some fucking like bullshit in them as well. Like gather keys. You gotcha. Two keys to like open this door and one key's on the right path and one key's yeah. on the left path. Kind of kind of Zelda-y. It's not even like that complicated. It'll the, mm-hmm. the map will literally be like a straight line that branches left and right. Yep. Horseshoes around, and in the center is basically the door. And yep. you have to go right and then go all the way to the left to get both keys and then go back to the door. Gotcha. So there's a lot of like extra walking, whereas in like Diablo 2, they were wide open mazes, mm-hmm. which were to some degree procedurally generated. Yep. And then Diablo 3, it was a similar kind of thing with the greater rifts, but like all you're in there to do is just kill shit. Like you don't have to fuck around with keys or anything yep. like that. So like there's very little like nuisances, which I don't get why they put them in. Yeah. Like I get 100%. Like it's they don't if it doesn't add anything to the gameplay it was just more cuz it was just more work to do that was the the most annoying level of Diablo 2 that we played was the like the sorcerer realm where it's just like it's one of four it's a four way path mm-hmm. and you just like guess the right one it's like i'm just going <laughs> to i'm going to run all the way up here and gather and nope, that's not it and that yep. that was my least favorite of them where it, like the most of the other ones were very circular and they very they wrapped in on each other and yeah. you can take the short path or the long path and you might get lucky and find the short path but that one was just like go check all the paths and you tell me which you know find the right one yep that's one of the things it's I a really cool aesthetic though i like the aesthetic yeah it looks really cool they for what they were trying to do they were there's supposed to be like different ways you traverse each one of those paths. Oh yeah. And like that, like each path has a slightly different look to it and whatnot. Um, it is from what I understand, it is actually random. Like you're not, it's not something that like it will always make you go through all four. Oh, so that uh, the flip side is sure if you do like it more it. than once, yeah. like it actually is cool. Cause like you're eventually you'll just guess right. And you're like, yeah. done. Yeah. You get to one shot it. Yeah. But, but it sure felt like we had to go through all four. Yep. <laughs> Every time. <laughs> yep. To be fair, you only did it. Well, I guess you did. We did do it three times. And I did it once without you. Yeah. But, oh, I, I was, I was playing. I forgot with, you played a, what, what, what else did you play? No, I was playing. I was playing without you. I was oh, just, yeah, you were just, I was just around. grinding. Yeah. And I, yeah. Yeah. That's not a place to go to grind. At no. least, at least there's, there's, um, there are some things to grind there in Diablo two at the end game. Yeah. Because some enemies have like different loot tables and whatnot, um, but in general, like unless you're like at that point, you don't want. I don't spend any time there. Fuck that zone. <laughs> yep. The other thing I don't like is due to the limitations of the game, with it being a so old, um, movement through there is just a little more awkward than it should be. Like yeah. when you're a more modern gamer, like you get hung up on stuff, and it's because like the it's isometric and the the pathways are super narrow, so you end up have to like fight your way yeah it's easy like to get scraping yeah. walls and shit like that it's easy to get hung up on the path stuff like finding that. isn't the best yeah so it's a little weird in that way where you don't run into that stuff in diablo 3 yeah like i got you yeah so if you want to go super arcadey then you'd play the literal arcade one which is gauntlet which is there's like just run through shit and blow shit up i could buy that <laughs> it's the the problem is there's no like there's there's very little like character growth or there's like you level up and you get stronger but like yeah it's just you spend your stat points. You have like five fucking yep. stats. Two of them matter. It's like health and attack. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah, that's not true. Speed is actually the best one. Speed's your movement speed and your mm-hmm. attack speed. 
and it's a game about running and attacking. Yeah, uh, so speed's really good. Speed speed is irrelevant. Yep. As, as a popular YouTuber that I'm aware of would say, speed is key. Yep. The uh, you have no idea what I'm talking about. I don't. Somebody um, will get it. Uh, the way I look at speed is like, especially in games like Diablo, it's like that's the rate at which you're actually playing the game. Yeah. Because like the those games are fundamentally based around movement. Yes. And so like if you can move through your zone at 25% faster, you're going to clear these enemies 25%, not exactly 25%. Yeah, but, like, but that's the under the assumption you have a good build that you can you can breeze through the enemies. It's just getting to them is the problem. Yep. And you just reduce that time and yep. you just spend less downtime. So like you spent you actually even if it doesn't directly reduce the time you spend in a level by 25%, 25%, it reduces your downtime by that much. And it does help you in combat because, like, you got to get out of the way of a lot of attacks. Yeah. But, like, you spend less time not attacking. And that's one of the criticisms I've heard. I, because I still have not played Diablo 4. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I don't spend full price on games. Yep. Um, there's a lot. They basically blew up the world and made the world really big and then didn't fill it with enemies and then oh. gave you a mount so you can, like, walk through empty fucking levels. Yeah. That's like, that is exactly how you do open world wrong. It's just like, there's just nothing in it. Right. And it was just like this the, the the Diablo formula is pretty good. Yeah. It's give me a powerful character and let me go kill enemies. Yep. It port me to an area full of enemies. Right. Like hundreds of enemies. Yep. <laughs> like you should not be going more than like five to ten seconds between fights in a Diablo game. Yep. So uh yeah. I don't really have personally much to report. So I've been watching movies and You killed twenty fucking minutes for not having much to report. We were talking about stuff I haven't done. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's true. <laughs> oh, I did something really fun on Monday. Um, oh, no, it's definitely fun. It's um, The repercussions of it aren't going to be as much fun for the next month or so. But So I've been fighting a computer that's kind of been failing for a little while where I built it. It's kind of funny. So I'm getting all the reminders on my Facebook of about uh, right about eight years ago. I was getting all the parts put together and I got it built. So between seven and a half and eight years ago, I built my first gaming PC and I built a pretty mean one. It definitely wasn't the best thing in the world, but I like a nine, the a 970 GPU. I had an, I cheaped out a little bit on an i5 four core processor. I, I did, I got 16 gigs of Ram. Like at the time, so at the time VR wasn't even out yet and it was a VR ready PC mm-hmm. and VR was kind of the, the top notch of power level requirements for a PC. Well, over the years, I've made. Um, I did make a, a, a GPU upgrade to a 1070. I made an upgrade to an i7 a couple years ago to play War, uh, Call of Duty. Actually, because Call of Duty was too much for my little i5. And with the new update for Call of Duty, it just kind of gave up the goat. And um, playing Warzone with my friends, I was getting anywhere from like 25 FPS to 50, just unplayable. Even playing in the regular lobbies, it was like like 50 to 60 or mm-hmm. no, it was, it was 40 to 50 in the, in the regular lobbies, which I mean, that's not that great, no. but the, you know, the difference of loading in a small map with 16 people versus a huge map with 150 people. And I just like, well, I need to buy a new computer. And I, I priced it out. I started kind of saving some money every month or actually every week. I was putting like 10% back every single week of my paycheck to put towards, you know, getting a new PC eventually priced it out. It's going to be like, you know, 12, 1300 bucks for, a decent GPU from a couple years ago, not a used one, but just an older generation one, uh, a decent CPU, uh, probably something equivalent to an i5 again. And then I learned that we have a micro center near us. And I was like, oh, no fucking way. Micro center is 
it's like a it's like a Menards, but for computer parts. And it's just it's the coolest store if you like computer stuff. So like you go there and they have dozens of monitors set up that you can look at them and test out. They have 20 gaming chairs you can try out. They have they have uh, rows of cases mm-hmm. like think of Best Buy and all the stuff they have, but it's just full of computer parts and other stuff. They have all kinds of tech techie stuff, yeah. but just like walls full of graphics cards and motherboards and CPUs. And for as per perspective, I've probably built seven ish computers and I've never, I I've never gotten to like browse a store full of shit. Cause you don't get to because Best Buy keeps a couple graphics cards in stock. No mm-hmm. one keeps $10,000 in graphics cards in stocks except micro center. Yeah. And micro center is also known for just being the cheapest. Um, it's not exceptionally, but it's usually like between five and 15% cheaper than everyone else. It's probably because they buy everything in bulk. Like it's, they get the Walmart pricing of shit, but they don't. Sh- and here's the other thing is they don't do shipping. Yep. They don't ship anything. So that's where a little bit more money gets saved. And so the closest one we had was like, like three hours away. And so I just, I'm never, I'm not willing to drive three hours to save a couple hundred bucks. Like that, that's six hours on the road plus gas. Well, I am willing to drive about an hour away. And I started looking at it and I was like, well, I got, I made some money doing some work over this weekend. I was like, well, I got, you know, like five ish hundred bucks to blow and 500 bucks was enough to buy the motherboard, the CPU and the Ram. And I was like, well, I can do that. That'll probably get my, that'll get my COD going again. Cause I was, CPU bottlenecked. The 1070 graphics card that I had wasn't the best either, but we were having problems with the CPU. And that was enough to, I could kind of Frankenstein my computer apart and I'll upgrade the rest later. And I even text Matt on the way down there just to have him, because I talked to Sarah the night before and she actually gave me some money to go ahead and buy the, a new case. Because mm-hmm. I was like, um, I, I was bummed out because the uh, I had found they had a really good deal on a motherboard combo. A motherboard um 32 gigs of RAM and a CPU. Mm-hmm. And it was actually, a, it was the next level up CPU that I wanted, but the combo basically got the RAM for free, mm-hmm. which saved me like $120. So it's kind of like the price of, like I get to kind of, it's it, it was the same. If I buy those components separately, the ba- the worst CPU, it was the same price as buying this combo with the better CPU. Problem is, the motherboard it comes with won't fit in my current case. Yep, that's so how to, that shit always goes down yeah so i have a micro atx case or a Mm -hmm. case they'll fit a micro atx board this is a full atx board all that matters is they won't fit it's too big it's like well i need to get a new case cases are usually between 15 100 bucks depending on how nice of one you get for like my mom and my dad and all my friends that i build them for i buy the like the i buy power 45 dollar cases because they it just doesn't matter you don't really need a lot of perks in your case if you care about it, there are some really nice things. Like you bought a nicer case because you get a nice tempered glass side panel. You get cable management is easier to do. You get some really nice included stuff yep, with it. You get it. more vents in there and like yeah, better yeah. venting, better better build quality. But if you don't yeah. care, you don't care. Well, my wife offered to basically buy me a new CPU cooler for it, which is about fifty bucks, and a new case for a hundred bucks. We found a really cool Lee and Lee that I liked a lot. It was really pretty. It's kind of funny. My first case, I went full black and yellow, flashy as hell, sharp edged corners and future design. My new one, I was like, I want a sleeper. I want a nice, clean looking. I'm 10 years older. I want a clean black computer. Mm-hmm. And so I got there. I, I called Matt on the way down. I talked to Sarah about it and I I, I text you on the way down. And I was like, I really shouldn't buy a, C, a GPU, right? Like I just 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 spend the money I have. 
and we'll make the upgrades later. And you're like, yeah, it's it's usually better. You know, don't use the credit card if you don't have to. It's you'll make the money, but just it's good. Well, I got there and they had some amazing deals because <laughs> it was opening week. Mm-hmm. It was they'd been soft open for a couple of weeks, but it's grand opening week. Everything is on crazy sale, like between 50 and 100 dollars off some components. And um, I am not very disciplined (laughs) i am not very disciplined i am not strong and i absolutely like was like yeah i guess i'll just buy a gpu and a guess i'm just doing the whole fucking thing today absolutely (laughs) what happened i just bought a new computer yep i spent the extra 700 bucks and just bought a new computer and it was kind of funny so they clearly have salesman on commission because he was putting his little stickers on everything he gave me which Mm -hmm. is fine i don't care let it rip but if like you I wa- actually do your job. Yeah. And he did a, He did a great job of like, like what I wanted. I didn't need too much help picking stuff out, but he walked right to shit and got it for me. And mm-hmm. like that saves me 40 minutes of walking around him on and Oh, what's God, what's the one that has the deal? And is it this one? Oh no, where are the, so he was great, but it was one of those, it was kind of funny. I walked up and someone was like, Hey, can I help you? Cause they're very, they're brand new and they're wanting to help. And I was like, yeah, I'm, you know, getting some computer parts. So he pulled me over to this guy and we started talking and it was just like, Every salesman's dream where it's like, I've already committed to buying this $500 thing. And he's like, have you thought about getting a graphics card? And I'm like, yeah, but I, I kind of want a 68. I think it's a 6,800 XT. I can't really afford it right now. You know, so everybody's like, well, we do have 4070 founder editions on sale for $540. And I was like, you mean the $650 graphics card is on sale for 540? Well, I can't say no to that. And then as we walk by, he's like, yeah, do you need a new power supply? And I'm like, kind of. And I was like, well, we have these. We do have 850 um, plus gold pluses on sale for 90 bucks, fully modular. And I was like, fuck, that's a really good price. And I'm like, well, that's okay. I can just reuse my two terabyte hard drive. And I won't have like a good boot drive, but that's okay. I'll just have a slow computer. The, the booting will be a little slower. <laughs> Who cares? Well, hey, do you know that we have uh, one terabyte NVMe drives for 30 bucks? I was like, fuck. Quit selling me shit I want. <laughs> I was like, well, I'll just go get, I'll get a, two, I'll get a, he's like, you're going to need a CPU cooler for that because new, most new mother or most new uh, CPUs don't come with a cooler included anymore, which I'll tell you why, because most of them need a cooler that's yeah. bigger than they're willing to include for free. Bake it into the fuck. Like, oh, I, yeah. I know, like, so I know that the vast majority of people who build their own computers want to like, they want it to be modular. Yes. There should be a version where Intel's like, this is the cooler we recommend. You can buy it with that. It's not even going to save you any money. That's just the cooler that we think it should use. Yeah. And then the, <laughs> um, they do, some of them still do come with them. I'm not saying they don't. Like some do yeah. still come with um, coolers, but like I I have never included installed a stock cooler. It's, I will tell you for the vast majority of people, it's well worth the 30 to 40 bucks to buy an aftermarket cooler for your CPU. Mm-hmm. Keeping your CPU, CPU cool is very important. Yeah. But I was like, well, I'll get a Hyper 212 Evo. Like that's a pretty standard one. They're not the most powerful, but I, they're very bog standard. They're like 30, 40 bucks. And he's like, actually, we have these deep cools that are usually 80 bucks. They're on sale for 30 today. And I was like, Guess I'll get that. Yes, I'll take that as well. Yeah, I spent a lot of fucking money. I did. I did not buy any racing sim stuff, and I did really want to. They had, so again, how cool Micro Center is, they had a full racing rig set up. And when I say full racing rig, I mean the pedals, the wheel, and the and the direct drive for the wheel was probably about thirteen, fourteen hundred dollars. Or no, it was eighteen hundred dollars on sale for twelve. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how long these sales will last. This is their two week everyone everything said two week promo period. Yeah. Um, who knows, but like, 
And I was like, well, I got to try that out because it was iRacing and I kind of do that stuff. And dude, it is shockingly when you upgrade from a $250 set of pedals and wheel to a $1,200 set, it is so much nicer. It felt so much better. Didn't buy that shit, though. I was able to walk away from that. Yeah. I was kind of hyperventilating as I walked out because, like, of course I wanted to just buy a new computer. I love getting to buy. I love building computers. I love, and, you know, my wife totally gave me permission. We kind of had this talk the day before, and I was like, I mean, if they had something on sale, she was like, yeah, just just do it. Well, it'll be okay. It's, I mean, don't get me wrong, $600, $700 isn't nothing, but it's in a manageable amount of money for us. If we go over six, seven hundred bucks, we can, we'll get there. We'll be fine. It was still just kind of like everything happened really fast. And there's all these deals that I really don't want to say no. And I ended up getting a, in my opinion, significantly better computer for almost the same price I would have spent doing it in the long run and long term. Now, yeah. And um, you get it now. And I get it now. My goal is to get this credit card paid off in the next probably month or two and avoid the vast majority of the any interest on it which is, I think, very doable. I, I sold some magic cards. I'm, I'm kind of liquidating some assets that I'd been planning on well, at selling. At this point, you basically just need to move that anvil, and that'll get the big chunk. Well, that, that, that's the rest of it, if yeah. I can sell that anvil. And I'm just I'm liquidating some stuff I don't use anymore to get my computer. Now, you know, for anyone listening who knows about computers, because it's funny, I put it on one of my discords, and the first thing I said was like, didn't the 4070 get shit reviews? And it did. The 4070 graphics card did not get reviewed well because... It costs $150-ish more than the 6800 that came out two years ago from AMD, and they perform almost the same. It's the, just overpriced. It's not a bad card. It's just a cost Exactly. It's a very it's a very overpriced card for the time. It, it came out, you know, like a couple months ago, I think. It's a brand new card, and it's just not priced right. At 540 beautiful price, beautiful card. Now, COD went from minimum settings at like... 30 to 40 FPS to like recommended or maximum settings at 150. And I was just like, this is awesome. I love it again. And <laughs> we immediately buttery smooth. But, and we immediately that night that I got all put together, we won two games of Warzone. <laughs> we won Rewarded. twice. There I was able to, I was able to port my two terabyte over and I didn't, I didn't have to redownload war. I didn't have to redownload a lot of big games. Actually, it all moved over. just great. And I I copied them forever ago, and as it turned out, my hard drive is still killing it, it's still kicking. So I'm gonna ride it till it dies, especially now that it's not my main keyboard, my main computer. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, I was able to just transfer it over. I did spend like an hour and a half downloading all the drivers. It's a huge, always a huge pain in the ass, but it's what you got to do. And yeah, I love it. It's a beautiful computer. I've been ha- I've been so happy to have it. It was such a wonderful thing to do on my Monday. It did burn me out. So over the weekend, I had wrap this up. I had a huge, I had terrible stomach flu. Um, and I had to go do some work at my mother-in-law's house because I'd committed to it and I could walk. Therefore, I should go do the work. And like we went and did it and I, we were out till like two or three o'clock and I was just miserable and I wanted to throw up all day. We went to Texas Roadhouse and Matt will get this, but no one else will. But like I ordered a six ounce sirloin. That was it. I didn't mm-hmm. even eat my sides. <laughs> That's, I just would, and got home, was miserable. Decently better by the end of the night, but miserable. Monday felt decent. Wife had to go to work. I got up, ran to Micro Center, spent more money than I should have, but really had fun. Like kid in a candy store stuff, man. I just kid in a candy store and then came home, put my computer together, had tons of fun doing that. I, I probably spent an extra 30 or 40 minutes just doing cable management in the back. Just 
rerunning cables, replugging everything in, moving stuff around, trying to make it look pretty, even though I might not even light it up inside. Mm-hmm. It came with some cool RGB fans, and Sarah had this idea. I'm not going to have them on RGB. They're going to be red. It's going to be black with mm-hmm. red accents, and it actually looks pretty sick. But like I spent a lot of time cable managing it, trying to make it look really pretty on the inside, and then got to play some play some COD. Had a great time, and then got absolutely fucked at work for the next two days in a row. Yep. Today wasn't too bad, though. Do you know who hopefully didn't get fucked at work? Who's that? Our patrons. Now, the keen observers will notice that we did not shout our patrons out last week, I don't think. Did we give them a shout out last week? Or? Uh, I don't know. I sent you the picture I, of the list. I, maybe we did. Maybe we did. I hope we did. If we didn't, I'm super sorry. But we'll definitely give you a shout out this week. Um, huge shout out every week to... I know it's... So, Embra has been putting our stuff up, you know, very regularly for forever now. I believe... I'm double... I think it was Asphalt was taking care of it recently, weren't you? I think so. So... Um, Emperor was, was getting some stuff taken care of and, and Asphalt has kind of taken on the, um, the moniker of getting our stuff on Reddit. So huge thanks to Emperor and Asphalt for putting our stuff on Reddit every single week. Um, thank you to everyone who commented. I had a lot of fun reading the comments this week and a lot of, uh, or last week, a lot of polite discussion and disagreement, which is, which is awesome. It was fun to talk to everyone and see their opinions. Huge shout out to Ramblin' Rogue, Ashley, Eric, Monowolf, Ethan, CJ, Asphalt, Ted, Mumble Down, Rob M, Limit of Questions, Derek T, His Forest, and Jasper. Thank you all for joining on. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash Cantrip Cartel. Tons of perks. Got in the Discord. Extra content. We do shirts. We do. I, I can do sleeves. They're very expensive, but I can do them. All that fun stuff. Uh, without further ado, though, Matt... How is Legacy looking? All right. So looking at Legacy this week, we've got a just looks like a regular challenge from Sunday. Uh, No, like qualifiers or super qualifiers or any of that shit. We got to take one weekend off as we prep for the Pro Tour. Yeah, that's true. Because that is that is the we have. I mean, the modern Pro Tour is what next week? No, it's this weekend. It's this weekend. I believe them. I believe the modern Pro Tour in Barcelona is this weekend. Gotcha. So we'll be talking about that next week. Super excited to talk about that. Assuming, you know, you can, you know, show up and record. (laughs) Yeah. So I I saw some stuff from Saffron Olive who was was looking at some of the data because it's all public deck lists and whatnot. And the one ring is in, I believe, at minimum 43% of decks in modern. So cool. cool to see what's going on in there. Yep. Nothing to see here, guys. No problems at all with these two formats. Once Wonderfully again. balanced and designed cards. So anywho, uh, so we're going to bring it back all the way to like three months ago. And we've got Grix's Tempo bringing it home with H by HJ, HJ Kaiser. So, man, it's been so long <laughs> since we've talked about a Grixis or a, a Delver deck winning a challenge. Hey, this has a couple black cards. The snuff outs don't count um, because they were all, they were there already. <laughs> the only thing that I was like, "Ooh, that's cool!" is the Saren's ransom. Yes, I was it, like, "Hey, we because we talked about that a lot." Well, like I really that's such that a card. that is such a cool, well designed card that I'm glad is seeing play. Yeah. Like it's a, a really cool three mana kind of fact for fictiony card. Like that's really neat. I yeah. love that card. And it's to me, it has interesting implications because, like we've talked about multiple times, you've got the <laughs> the impulse to replace uh, expressive iteration. Yes, and it's like well. You're still going to go up on cards more than likely, or yep. you're going to get a really good card, yes. or you're going to take a chance and get burned, yep. but you're probably not going to do that in this kind of deck, because yep. like most of the time in this gr- grindy kind of deck, you're going to pick the bigger pile or the ones with some known, like, yes. like very, I don't want to say very rarely, but like most of the time you just want cards, Yep. as opposed to like, 
a combo deck yeah. where you're looking for a specific just, card. Yeah, you just and like imagine you can pair this with a with a brainstorm. Like yeah. brainstorm with one card in hand kind of sucks, but you pair like you top deck um, Sauron's ransom, and now it's like I don't care what two cards you give me. You, you can give me two lands. I'm going to replace them with real cards. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, that's interesting. We again we've got the four bowmasters. Uh, cut two Delvers because that's what we do now. Delver Secrets has been for a while the worst creature in Delver. Uh, and then they just banned another card, and then it's just you know. Well, it's just it's like it's basically the classic since like DRC and Murktide. It's just the worst card in there. Delver worst the, creature. The Delver Shell has picked up another two mana phenomenal card. Yep. And like like what what consistently and I'm not, I'm, I'm not saying Delver's broken. That's what I'm saying at all. But in the like, what what breaks a Delver deck is some two mana, one or two mana bomb, like Ragavan or like Expressive Iteration or Renin Six, Renin Six, Deathrite Shaman, Deathrite like, Shaman, like, and that's what there's a pattern and, here, folks. And it, it's how do you think? Where do you? What's the value? What's the way? To, what's the way to ask this question? Like, how do you evaluate a card that one mana sorcery essentially a creature versus two mana with flash? Where where is a two mana creature with flash closer to one and a half mana? When you're looking at like how you're how the game is going to develop, in general, yes. Like I, so like because there's no it, way it just it's costs not two a mana. straight linear curve. But yeah, like it's, it's I not think just of, two. Yeah, I think of keywords as effectively one mana, like at least some. Well, some, some keywords. Of the good ones. Obviously, I'm not interested in how about you know, fading, right? <laughs> but like you know, double strike or banding. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like, like um, double strike, uh, tramples, a huge, you know, like stuff like the good that. ones, the really good ones. Like most of the time, you pay about a mana. Now, the more you get on them, obviously that. I mean, if you look at like questing beasts, you're not paying <clears throat> so one you mana per. You definitely used to. Yes. Now that obviously has changed and whatnot, but I still kind of have that as like my baseline. Yeah. So like I look at this and I go, okay, well it's effectively a two-two. Like if. With the orc, yes, you're getting two power for two mana plus a bunch of text. Yep, and then you're also it also does it at instant speed with flash. So like that, it to me is well worth two mana. Um, flash, obviously, I think one of the things you were getting at it was just flash in particular is slightly different on your mana because you can hold up mana. Yeah, um, the way you can, yeah, you the 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 non-committalness of yeah. it. That's because that's the worst part about like you take turn two. I'm uh, taking it off, but playing your spell on turn two, you are. You're committing to turn two in this way, whereas a creature with flash, even though it costs two and it's your turn two play, it doesn't have to. Yeah, be. you can it, still like you. Well, you can brainstorm number, for force. Yeah, like you can brainstorm. You can you can do all kinds of shit. Like there's a there are times when like you play to you play your two mana spell on turn two, and I can do something, and maybe days isn't enough. Yep. Like and you need to you and just having the option to. Or having like maybe it's more important to lightning bolt something, maybe stop. Maybe maybe it's more important to spend this turn killing your thing than it is to establish a board presence. Yeah, and that you just you get those options with a flash creature. There, and I was just thinking about like because it's a two mana creature, but there's no way that we have to consider that actually costing two mana because the flash just makes that it it mucks with it that evaluation that a little bit. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I mean it's bowmasters <laughs> like. This is like, like what else are we even supposed to say about this deck at this point? It's Delver with Bowmasters. The only interesting card in here to me is Sauron's Ransom. Ransom, and we did a fucking deep dive on that last yep. week. Talked about that, that for like 15 minutes. You want to do another 20 minutes on it? I'm good. Um, 
This is gonna well, be the- like I said, it's a, it's so far it's the only card that I actually like out of the Lord of the Rings set. Yeah. From a design perspective, yeah. like the ring to me is really like too strong. It's just really strong. It's, yeah. Like because I'm the other thing to keep in mind because I know like we're talking about legacy, but this set was designed for modern, yep. and the ring is like is like dominating modern. I I wonder if because I've heard a lot of people talking about how to fix the ring. Obviously, it's a very hot topic. Um, there's a lot of talk about. Uh, the ring getting banned in modern like so i i, I have confirmed confirmation from mtg goldfish uh i think it's like the second week of august is ban announcement week gotcha. so we get so, Lord so there's only a couple more weeks a couple more weeks for a card to get banned and that's our once a year ban announcement and then we don't get anything cool and, and he was speaking in reference to modern he seemed relatively confident that modern is going to fall into that once a year ban announcement and then it's good so Based on that, legacy probably is going to follow suit. Which I'm not. Again, I'm not even saying legacy needs a ban. I'm not saying modern needs a ban. A lot of people are. Um, yep. But like, that, I did hear that. But talking about like, it could be something. It could have been a really simple tweak. Like, if the one ring just made you pay life to draw the cards now, that could that would vastly change, mm-hmm. vastly change how it impacted you. Would if you had to go into your, you know, your. Because like turn three or turn four with it and pay four life right now to draw, I I see a lot of times where the ring stabilizes you out and you stabilize at like you know three to six life, and you you you're in that situation where like well I can draw five but I have to hit I mean probably gonna but I have to hit or like I can pay the four life I'm at six I'll pay the four life and then I'll oh I drew a ring I can play the ring and negate all that damage yeah whereas if the ring made you pay that life as soon as you activate it instead of next turn you could probably mitigate a lot of that intense power but it would still be really powerful it'd still be it'd still be one of the best card draw spells ever printed yeah it's it's one of those things where like there's a million different ways you could nerf it but it's like how do you nerf it and killing it without killing it i'm on the i mean it's the ring you cast it into the fire (laughs) like it's kind of a the funny thing is from like an Lord of the Rings fan that hates universes beyond. It's hilarious to me that the ring did exactly what the ring does where it completely corrupts the format. Uh-huh. And the only way to get rid of it is just to fucking cast it into the fire. Yep. Yeah. That's, clearly there's, there's no way to balance it now. This yeah, is all like, Oh, how's out of the bag? Yeah. I mean, uh, one of the easiest things to do would just be get rid of the protection clause. Like, yeah. I, that, I mean, it might almost make the, it would make the card almost unplayable in 90% of decks. It would, well, what it would do is it make it a niche card, kind of like what you're saying, where like certain decks that you could build around yes. it rather than like, I'm playing a deck that's not trying to win the game on turn three. So the ring is good. Yep. Like if you're, if you're here to abuse it, then it'd be fine to lose, not have protection. Yeah. But Otherwise, taking turn three or turn four off is just unacceptable a lot of times. Well, and it just makes it so it's it. The ring's already super good in multiples because it resets itself. Yep. And then on top of that, it resets itself and buys you another turn. Yeah. So then, then when you cast the ring again, you get that turn off. It's not oh, just yeah. the one you, the first well, time you cast. There's it. plenty of times that you're like, well, I'll just spend four mana, cast the ring, keep my ring with four burden yeah, counters, and just fog you, and just fall. Yeah, and just take another turn to. Okay, go ahead. I want. I, I need an untap. Yep. So. Just give me more more time and more life to yeah. use these cards. So sorry. Anyway, back to legacy. Yeah. Um well and the funny thing is, I mean, not that it's like it's not making making nearly the splash in modern that it is in legacy, but it's seeing play in legacy too. You mean it's, it's not the splash in legacy is smaller. Yeah. The yeah. splash in legacy is smaller. Yes. Yeah, yeah. 
reverse those two. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it's not. It it's, isn't format as as format warping. Yeah, there's four copies in this top eight. That's not that crazy. Nope. No, that's not a ton. But like again, it's just an instant. Hey, this is. But yeah, this little slot right I, I into see, oh, sorry, I, I see. I see what you mean. I. I'll tell you the truth. I thought you just said four copies in this top thirty-two. No. And I was like, that's not a lot. There's no. Yeah, four copies in the top eight is a respectable amount for a legacy, like a card that was just put in a legacy two weeks ago. Sorry, guys, my brain. Shut and there off. might even be more. I just, I was just skimming. I know there's four copies in the uh, the eighth place list, the colorless list. Gotcha. There's three in the main, one in the side because it's a card deck. Um. So second place, we've got Doomsday. Oh, here it's personal tutor Doomsday. Hey, so look at you. You're learning. Yeah. Personal tutor, the kind of the generic, um, the relatively standard version of Doomsday. Yep. We know this wasn't a uh, a Kai fan, a Kai uh, Saratarx fan, because they have two Thassa's Oracle. Saratarx is, I don't know if he still is, but there for a while he's on the, the one Thassa's Oracle plan, and it's like, I, that's we have one shot. Yeah. Um, sideboard, Fatal Push, Force. It looks like we've seen pretty much all this shit before. Yeah, I don't see anything in here. Um, that's really weird. What's this common deer card? <clears throat> Sorry, frog in my throat. Uh, it's a seven mana instant, five and two blue. Uh, you may exile two blue cards from your hand rather than pay its cost. Gain control of target non-creature spell. You may choose new targets for it. Well, that's so. not very good. What is that for? So it's a worse force of will, or it's a worse misdirection, right? Misdirection is the one that bounces it around. Yeah. Um, well, it's non-creature spell, so let me look at misdirection. That hits a spell with a single target. Yeah, so Commandeer could, in theory, get, like, artifacts, basically any... You could get permanence. So, somebody casts Omniscience, you could Commandeer it. You gain control of a non-creature spell. Well, yeah, but no well, one's... Cast. So, what are we casting No, I know, people? but, like, just to... We're drawing the distinction between the two cards. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, so, that, that, that's, that is the line. And that is a line. keep the thing. So you can yeah, use it, and you can affect. Like, so you can affect permanent spells. You can yeah. affect. So it's just not. It's not quite a straight like, you know, counter an instant or sorcery kind of thing. Um, what are we trying? Is it? Is that for the Doomsday Mirror? Could be. I mean, that's that was the first thing that popped into my head was Doomsday. Well, does it, doesn't Misdirection hit Doomsday? Yeah, but yeah, I don't know why you'd want. Okay, so okay, so it's not for that. Yeah, I I don't. Someone in the comments. Um, what it's specifically for. Yeah, what, what, what you think of, if you're a Doomsday player, um, what you think of when you see Commandeer in the side. Well, and the big thing to me is like, why Commandeer over Force of Negation? Yeah, another, another four. Or even just two more, or more misdirection. Like, yeah, But that's what I'm, like, the yeah. comparison there is like, so like We're maxed out on forces. We have three Force Negation. I get that. Um, so Commandeer does gain, um, like, a, so like, it gets a hold of like, uncounterable spells. Mm -hmm. So like, uh, but again, so it's misdirection. Like, the one I'm thinking of uh, is like Thought Distortion, which no one plays that. It's But things like Th Thought Distortion is uncountable. Target player discards all non-land cards, or actually exiles all non-land cards, non-land, non-creature cards from their hand and graveyard. Gotcha. And it can't be countered. So like you could do it and you could take it and target them, but Misdirection also does that. So I'm not sure what Commandeer is here to steal. Yeah, I don't know. So uh, someone... my head. Someone let me know. Other than that, though, nothing too crazy going on in here. So third place we've got. It's listed as Maverick. Let's see what it actually is. Matt, if Maverick is in the top eight, Legacy can't be bad. Right. I don't know. I see Scrib Ranger and Thalia. Like. Yeah. And, well, I hadn't opened it yet. I, I, it know, looks I, know, like, I know. I know. I know. Yeah. I'm just saying like. It like, looks like Maverick. Like 
Well, I will tell you, as I was opening it, I was like, there's no way this is fucking Maverick. It is. But like, that's, <laughs> dude, so it's Fiendars and Maverick, yeah. um, which is a distinction. Um, this actually is one of the better elf decks I've elf decks I've seen in Legacy recently. Right. <laughs> uh, we went full circle from let's take elves and put fiend artisan into man. I guess elves kind of works better as like a a mavericky style deck with fiend artisan too. Let's just put Fiend Artisan in Maverick. Which, to be fair, was what I was saying the whole time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, why are you running shitty Land of War Elves when you could have Ignoble Hierarch and yep. Noble Hierarch? Just run the better like, Maverick actually cards. actually have good Maverick cards in it. Um, of course, our three, three Bowmaster. Yeah, that's the big thing with me. Is it's We've got Bowmaster. Oh, it's, so it's, so it's, it's, um, it's, it's Mardu. Mardu? No. It's, Mardu has uh, red. Um, Absan. So it's Abzan, but it's literally Abzan for you don't have to count Fiend Artisan because that could be green green. It's Bowmasters uh, and then uh Bowmaster and Grist. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. And it, Grist frequently is just gonna get Green Sun Zenith out. So like yes. you're rarely gonna actually pay black mana for Grist either. Yeah. This is one of those again, like when I see that, it sounds like they went Abzan for Bowmasters, and while we're there, we're gonna grab two more great cards. Opposition agent and Grist. Um uh, but yeah, the uh there's not really much new here. It is there's there's some like tweaks that you don't always see. So like questing beast, palace jailer, and pile mm-hmm. track. Like a lot of these kind of like flex slotty kind of cards. Yeah, um, which is cool. Like I love palace jailer, fantastic card. Ugh, choke. Everyone stop playing choke. I hate that card. <laughs> yeah, choke's good. Um, stop punishing me. I don't punish me for playing basic islands ridiculous that I can play back to basics and still get punished by a three mana fucking hoser like that. Yep. <laughs> Suck it. <laughs> the uh, old school color hate did not fuck around. No. <laughs> destroy. I mean, boil four mana. Destroy all islands. Instant. Yep. <laughs> I love the old, uh, like the old rings of protection or whatever. Circle. Of, like, circle yep. Like circle of protection red. I have pro red. Good luck. Mono red. Right. Don't yep. worry. It's an enchantment. You can't do anything <laughs> about it. Yeah, the funny thing is they're not actually that good, but they're great in like casual circles. Yes, that's what, that's what I was but thinking yeah, of. It's just, just that, like, sitting at your lunch table and you're like, ha, you're playing red, you're fucked. Just the obscene levels of hate where there's just no counterplay to it. Yeah. Uh, fourth and fifth place, we've got eight cast. Somewhat, or a, a, a chunk different though. Yeah, let's look at these. So the fourth place list has one Bowmasters in the main. The fifth place has the two patchwork uh, automatons. With two bowmasters in the side. With the, yep, the bowmasters are in the side. I didn't miss fourth place having any in the side, did I? Um, I no, no, none in the side there. Yep. So, fourth so place. fifth place going a little harder on that patchwork automaton. Yeah. Kind of like build your own fatty build yep. or uh, I guess kind of a build your own Kappa Cannoneer. Mm-hmm. And I like that card quite a bit. So yeah. Um. So we've got the difference here. So we've got two metallic rebuke in fifth place, none in fourth. Yeah, fourth place is just running uh, the full uh, seven casts and four force of wills. Yeah, and it looks like other than that, they're pretty similar. Yeah, there's not there's, there's not, not much wiggle room in the spell suite for these, like all the zero mana artifacts and the the Urza saga the Urza package. Saga, yep. Like you do get some play in the the creatures and you know thirteen versus fourteen creatures. How many sizes are you running? How many Emery's? Blah blah blah. How, how many how many bowmasters? Yep, it's just one of those things like. Have a hard time imagining not running more bowmasters. I get that the like you're a little cramped in space because yep. like it's a, again it's a synergy jack. There's not infinite room for. I wonder if Acast doesn't room. care about you drawing cards. 
They, they, the, maybe, maybe, they're, maybe their plan is just get them dead fast enough. It doesn't matter. Well, the problem is, like, the way I look at that is Bowmasters currently against certain decks is the get them dead quicker. Like, it's the quickest card. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> like true. Like, if you're playing against the cantrips, like, you don't even have to get into the red zone. And it's going to do a ton of damage. Yeah. And you make a fatty. So, like... Yeah, it's true. It's it's hard to argue against just how powerful that card but is. But I can also see not running the full four of you do draw a ton of cards yourself in this deck. So like have because like obviously having more bowmasters is good, but like mm-hmm. you don't necessarily need bowmasters, and Man. you don't want to get in the way of the synergy of your deck Dude, either. The problem is bowmasters also just stack so goddamn well. They do become really brutal because now you're getting punched twice, and that yes. creature's going to get. Fucking well, I mean, enormous. It's, it's, it's also just Sheldred. Yep. Like, Sheldred is an oppressively powerful effect to put on draw spells. That's just that's just Sheldred that makes also makes a 2-2 every time. Yeah, it's nuts. So, moving on to 6th, we've got a white-black deck, which it's basically just white-black weenies. Yeah, and we were looking at, like, it's Aether Vile, so it's, yeah, we, it's we, we, have four, we have a 4 Aether Vile deck. Um, it's... The mana, I feel like the mana curve is a little high though for an Aetherfile deck, isn't it? Don't you see usually see more ones and twos? Whereas this is like a couple twos and then several threes. Yeah. Well, it's one of those things where like the it's not going to abuse Aetherfile in the same way that like Death and Taxes does. Yeah. Where you're going to like, you're not going to, in my opinion, have one sitting on one, two, and three. Uh-huh. And then you just never pay for shit again. I look at this and I go, Aetherfiles in this deck are like, you get it to three as quick as possible and just make multiple three drops every turn. Yeah. Where it's like, that's just kind of where you want to be. Like you want, like he's wanting to run these cards. And if you want to have a deck full of three drops, you had to, you had to support that in one way or the other. Oddly enough here. Now the three drops are obviously more powerful for the most part. There are eight, three drops and eight, uh, two drops. Mm-hmm. So you are kind of balancing there where on two or three, you've you probably got plenty of action to do. And you might yeah. even sit on two for a little bit if you have a handful of twos. Yeah, if you have a handful of twos, like, but if you even, in my opinion, if you even have one three, I tick that up to three and just, yeah, it turns your, it makes your top deck so much better. That's true. And in fairness, four of those two drops are Samwise's Outhearted, which mm-hmm. is legendary. Yeah. And on top of that, sounds like a, the world's biggest dub, but going from two to three also makes your four drops a lot more. Live, yeah, it's true. Because then you just one tick away from going, oh, cool, last turn I drew a four drop. This turn, Palace Jailer. Palace Jailer. Yep. We're sitting on, like, two. Basically, two's fine until you have some more action, in yep. my opinion. It's also a lot easier to get a second two. So, like, if you have That's another true. Ether Vial, play it, and getting it up to two doesn't take as long. That's true. So, but yeah, I mean, if you have a handful of twos, the nice thing is you just drop them and let it sit there until you get that. There's no, there's nothing requiring you to like force it up to three. And it is, it's really weird playing against like a death and taxes style deck or like an ether vial deck. It's so obnoxious that like their creature deck and they just all have flash. Yep. Like everything in their that's fucking what, that's deck what we has talked flash. about is like that adds. <laughs> and they're effectively free. But like the big thing with me, obviously the mana matters, but like you just cannot do combat math if they have an untapped nope. fucking ether vial. Yeah. Like it, shit gets so weird. Like trying to like yeah, trying to trace down the line is a lot more difficult. <laughs> a lot more difficult. Yeah. So So you just have a lot of like good like so you have all the good white cards like Recruiter the Guard, Skyclave, um, this new Samwise card, Lauren, a couple good black cards like Orcus Bowmasters, Plague Engineer, and this what's this new card we got in here? Oh, at Samwise? No, the Passageway Seer. Oh, gotcha. 
Well, I don't I don't even know if we've talked about Samwise either. The stout-hearted. I thought we talked we, about him for we modern. We may have, but yeah, we can run through. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got Samwise the stout-hearted. Uh, I don't. We don't have to go over it, but uh, it's a good value card. It's yeah, one in a white for a two on Flash again. And, flash. Yep, that's what I was thinking about. But when he ETBs, you choose up to one target permanent card in your graveyard that got put there this turn from the battlefield, and then you can return it to your hand. And the ring tempts you. Yep. So like, it's just a good way. I mean, one, it's a two-one with flash. That's the the not terrible. It's not great, but it's not terrible. Um, and it also just comes in and buys a card back from the graveyard. Mm-hmm. Which there is kind of it's this is a dumb combo, but it's noteworthy that because the ring tempting you at at certain levels is relevant. Uh, two Samwise can give you unlimited ring temps if you have the mana. You can keep buying each other back because <clears throat> you you legend rule it. Yeah. And then it can buy it back. So you can just you can just kind of twiddle your thumbs, but you can get your ring level up a few times, which ring level, especially a deck like this um, at the upper ends, is kind of relevant because your ring bear does an extra three damage when it hits. Yeah, I was going to say, it basically soups up a dude, right? Yeah. It makes them pretty hard to block. They can't be blocked with anything more power. And then they also hit for three extra. And they loot when they attack. And and probably the least relevant is if anything blocks them, they get to sacrifice end of, at the end of combat. Gotcha. It gets the cauldra text in that regard. It's a cool card. It's a and it's it's just, it's just a good value. Like, well, and a lot of times what it's going to do is just buy a land back. You fetch, cast yeah. Sam, get your land back. Yeah, like that. Like a worst case scenario, yeah, you crack a Pluto Delta and then get your Pluto Delta back. Like, yep. and like in best case scenario, you know, you slam a Lauren, kill their thing. They kill your Lauren. You flash in a a Samwise, get your Lauren back in your hand. Yep. Like we're doing this again. So, um, so yeah, Bowmaster, Samwise, Lauren, Plague Engineer. Recruiter of the Guard to get all these all this nonsense. Skyclave Apparition to deal with stuff. Palace Jailer to deal with stuff. And then we've got Passageway Seer. So we're running a bad initiative card. A terrible initiative card. So I don't I'm, get it. I don't know it, what I'm missing. It doesn't even pitch to solitude. There is a four mana better initiative card that pitches to solitude. The only thing I could think of would be it has lifelink. And maybe the the game plan is to do the ring tips you like I like I'm just looking through this just looking at lines like okay why would I want this particular initiative card versus all the others we've seen I shouldn't say all the others because there's only a, a handful but like oh yeah the white deck had two and they banned the three mana one yep so the four mana one seems like I mean maybe its text is just completely irrelevant I don't remember off the top I don't know if it's it. much more relevant than this though but yeah this one is. At the beginning of your end step, if you have the initiative, put a plus one, plus one counter on it. And so, like, I get... And it's got lifelink. It's a four mana, two, two. Like, I get that fatties matter. Now, well, something did, just, something did just occur to me why this might be better than the white one, and it doesn't die to snuff out. True. But, like, uh, so, to finish my thought, though, I do recognize that, like, I mean, a giant creature does matter. A giant lifelinking creature also matters. But we're playing Legacy. And a two, two that becomes a three, three, that becomes a four, that takes five turns to become an eight, eight. I mean, that's just not well, I could, my four drop if, I want to play. Even if it was like, if it was a three drop where like you play it, it's three uh, toughness and then more than likely it's going to become a four, four. Now it's at least out of bolt range. Yeah. Like, this is this is so much worse. I know. This is a four minute two, two that becomes a three, three. It's still boltable. Now yeah. it does give you the initiative and we've seen that the initiative is a crazy broken thing, but didn't we see that the initiative was a crazy broken thing on turn one or two? This is like the initiative on turn five. Yeah. Well, I mean, in this, the quickest is just turn four. Like, there's no acceleration in this. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, so, and if you're planning on violing it out, then that's five. Yeah. 
that's a lot, but it is also a one of. So, yep. I'm just curious as to why that one over the others. So, yeah, or the especially, other. especially the the white one, which I think is and then the one that. What does the white one do? Though you think we'd know since we talked about that fucking deck the, uh, for like the six three weeks mana straight. one was the one that untapped. Give me a second, I've got it right here. So it's seasoned engineer. So it's a three four. So it's instantly bolt proof. Yep. <laughs> so it's already got better stats. Uh, when it enters the battlefield, take the initiative. Whenever you attack, whenever you attack, target attacking cleric, rogue, warrior, or wizard gains protection from creatures until end of turn. Yes. It explores. It also explores. Yes, that's what the, whenever you attack, blah, 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 it explores. <laughs> so, but is it 25 cents? It's $2. I'm just like, as, <laughs> like, yeah. I don't understand that. Like, at again, all. You, I, I get you can snuff, you can snuff it out, but well, I don't You under- can snuff out almost every creature in this deck. So, like, and well, like, but you can't snuff out Passageway Seer. Yeah, but once the initiative's in the game, you don't have to have Matt, the seer, I'm just right? trying to find out why we I play know. this fucking card. <laughs> <laughs> You're asking me a lot of questions I don't have good answers to. Oh, no. I'm I, I'm legitimately curious. No, me too. And maybe, like, if the answer was literally just like, I want a dude with lifelink to pump up with Samwise, because they are running four Samwises. It's yeah. not like the Samwise uh, ring-tempting you plan is going to be that uncommon. It's basically a mana dump. And... So like I can see that happening. Are you, are you explain, why do you keep bringing up Samwise and the ring tempting you? Well, you can you get to pump you choose a creature to tempt, right? Yes. The only the only thing I'm looking at is this creature has lifelink. Yeah, it, but yeah, but remember so like, once he gets big, then you can block him. Well, I know, but like I would rather to be perfectly honest, I'd rather have a 10-10 lifelink than, than a 2-2 unblockable. Than a 2-2 unblockable. I just I don't understand how the ring makes him, uh, the ring tempting him makes him better. That's the whole point. We don't know. I'm going, oh. the only relevant text in this whole deck is like, he has lifelink and you can, in theory, make him bigger. That's okay, okay. literally all I'm saying. I thought I thought you were using Samwise as like, like oh, well, because Samwise can make him the ring bearer. And I'm like, I don't see how that gives this card any points. No, I'm going, that's yeah, the only yeah, value yeah. I can see out of this The fact that all. you can gain some life off of him, which isn't right. irrelevant. It's this is, a, this is a red zone deck and this is a deck that can take some time, but. Let me look. Oh, I think I might have found it. Yes. That's what it is. You can get it with the recruiter of the guard. I thought recruiter was one power. Two, two toughness. That's what it is. Okay, so that makes sense. So, so everyone that stopped listening to the podcast because we forgot how recruiter of the guard works. I mean, I totally looked over it. I totally looked past it. Yep. So I mean, and it curves out well. Yep. So you can cast it on turn three, and then cast it on nope. turn four. So that makes sense. Completely good reason uh, that that defends the entirety of the card existing in the deck is recruiter can go to get can go get it. Now, the curious thing to me. Why the fuck aren't you just running white red initiative? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I know this is ha- having a deck that can introduce the initiative in a grindy game versus having a deck that just is committed to the initiative. Those are very different things. And I know. I, I, I totally get the idea that like we've, we've played this game. I've killed all your things. You've just been you've just been violing in or playing creatures and I just kill them one at a time. I don't the mana advantage isn't helping you. And it's like, well, and I'm not killing you. It's like, well. Kill this one, motherfucker. Right. Like I, I have the initiative. The what I'm getting at though is like, why would you in a competitive format, why would you run this deck over anything else? That's what I'm looking at. Like I'm looking at this list and I go, okay, it's got a bunch of mediocre three drops. Yeah. No, I'm not because I have uh Masterpiece Aether Vials. 
and I want to right. I mean, because like, I want to play Aether Vial. Like, I and get that's that. Fair. I and get that. that. That that's probably the only reason. Like the same reason why I play Blue White. Even online, a lot of times I play Blue White Control because I want to play Back to Basics. Yeah, it's like I play a suboptimal deck because I like the idea of playing Back to Basics and getting my opponents for being greedy. And that's probably this is like they want to have Wasteland. They want to have Wasteland into Aether Vial. Yeah, because the deck itself, unless I'm missing something, doesn't seem to be doing anything particularly powerful. It doesn't. I mean, like, yeah, like not as far as legacy is concerned. No, like, I mean, some some okay synergies for sure. Well, the funny but, thing is, I'm looking at this, I'm like, how do you actually consistently just win the game? Yeah, I mean, the Bowmasters punching them for between two and four damage. Right. Like, yeah, you're 100 percent right. It's a there. bunch of just dudes that don't have any real synergy. Something together. is that uh, is worth noticing. The the pretty sweet combo of Lauren the Third Path and Orcish Bowmasters. You can force them to draw a card with Lauren. Oh, <laughs> I'll tell you right now, Matt. So you if draw you ever, a card, your opponent draws a card, but they take two. Yep. <laughs> okay. I will tell you that if you ever gave me the choice in the middle of a, any game, and you're like, "Hey, Jake." If you let me amass one and deal one damage to you, I'll let you draw as many cards as you want. I'd be like, cool, I'm going to draw 12. Yeah, right. Now gladly draw. Cool. Source of plowshares, your fucking token. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, or your bowmasters, realistically. But, but just I mean, like, yeah, I, 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 I would take that trade. If we're both drawing cards, but you're, I mean, again, I get there's situations that'll matter, but. Well, I mean, the big thing is, is you just Caracas her back to your hand to just deal with artifacts and enchantments. And we've yes. talked about that. Before. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. This, that 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 synergy of Lauren into Orcish is yeah, the only uh, time you're ever going to tap that is if like I Shit. draw this card this yep. turn or I lose. Yep, we're fucked. And hope they also don't draw a counterspell. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right. Anywho, seventh place. This one shouldn't take too long. It's Cascade. Guess what? It's still Cascade. It's all the Cascade spells you can run. Yep. With the uh, uh, this is three Minskin Boo. Yep. Which again makes perfect sense in this because cost four. So why wouldn't you run one of the best four drops in Legacy right now, especially in these colors? Yep. Oh, but nothing. There is a inevitable inevitable betrayal in the side. Kind of an interesting little suspend three. Yeah, your... we, we've seen that one pop up a couple times. Oh, um, yeah, it's fucking awesome. Yeah. So it's a suspend three for I three. Mean, uh, search target opponent's library for a creature card. Put that onto the battlefield under your control. Then that player shuffles. I would like to choose this Emrakul, please. Thank yeah. you very much. So that's oh, you're playing Show and Tell. That's yep. fantastic. Or Grizzlebrand, like yep. Any any like big fatty deck. Uh huh. I mean, hell, you could in theory even do it against elves. Like a lot of times, they either have like, Progenitus or Craterhoof. Yeah, and like Craterhoofs. I mean, Craterhoofs actually probably not horrible in this deck. No, you might have a couple. You, you probably might have, have a couple, couple fucking yeah. uh, dudes out rhinos. Yeah. <laughs> but just, just like there's swing. there's plenty of decks where it's like I'm just gonna go get, I'm gonna go get your big fatty and put him on my board. Yeah. The Good game luck. is over. Because if you think about it, like a uh, like show and tell or like show and tell or reanimator is not that scared of, of eight power on the board. No, oh, no. Like, that's, like I, I can I just need another turn or two and hitting me for eight and then eight is not going to be enough. Yeah. The funny thing is I'm actually in certain matchups. You almost certainly probably just cut the oh, footfalls yeah. altogether. Yeah. Because there's only three but, footfalls in the deck. Yeah. So yeah, cut the three footfalls for the two and then something else. Yep. Rounding out the top eight, we've got mono brown. Brown isn't a color in legacy artifact or in, in, uh, in magic. So we've got see here one Emrakul in the main. Emrakul the Aeon's torn. I guess that does matter. Uh, four Karn and a whole bunch of artifacts. We got mm. anything new? Lotus Petal, Mox Opal, Manifold Key, Defense Grid, Grim Monolith. Uh, you haven't Manifold. seen this deck, have you? You know what this is. Uh, I thought you were being silly. 
I mean, this unless is, it's something this, new. This is eight key. Yeah, we've talked about it. Eight like, key with the ring. I I haven't seen it since the ring has been in, introduced. But I meant so you it's just keep fucking, untapping it and drawing oh, a million fucking, fucking cards. Bonkers, dude. Yeah. It, it, it and is paradox engine. Yep. Yes, gotcha. it is fucking bonkers. So I watched uh, LSV play a league with this. Um, it, it got spawned into uh, not the deck got spawned, but like this version that got spawned in existence when the ring came out. This is obviously this is one of those decks. So like even if they made the ring, you know, it, it it you win this turn. Like it's they 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 have to change a lot about the ring to make it like or the protection. If they remove the protection, it wouldn't it, fucking matter. Yeah. Like this deck is all about. Um, yeah, getting the ring out, getting a bunch of man accelerators with like uh, basalt monolith or what's the well, other one? We, this, Grim monolith. This deck effectively, like ninety percent of this deck was already a deck. Yes, and then it got the one ring. I think the ring. That, I think the ring though is a oh yeah, is, it, just, is obscene power upgrade. Yeah, you just tweak a couple cards and now it's got a fucking huge combo finish. Now it just draws third, and like and then like the number of times like. It just draws your fucking deck. Yeah. It, you never whiff. Once you once you get to where you're drawing like four or five cards, like I'm gonna spend my last mana to untap the ring and then draw nine cards. There's no fucking chance we whiff. Like there's no chance we whiff anymore. Or I shouldn't say last mana, my last untap. Because what happens with this deck is it, it cares way more about untaps than mana. Yep. Because once it gets going, it, it makes it has yeah, it, you, it's well, got twenty floating mana. Every time you untap you effectively are going to be getting more fucking uh, mana drops, anyways, like land drops. Anyways. Yes, you're gonna be you're gonna you're yeah, be playing more, more grim monoliths or more whatever, more um, LEDs, more yeah. yeah. And the the keys basically and the keys also untap. They your, effectively go. Uh, they can either go mana positive with like a monolith or yes, or get you more cards, whichever one you need. I do love a good semblance anvil as well. Yeah, that's a cool card. Yeah, um, three mana artifact imprint, and then whatever card you put underneath it. Cards of the same type cost two less. Yeah, that's very good. So it makes everything in the deck free. Mm-hmm. Except the ring, I guess. But like, and then obviously two Paradox Engines. Paradox Engines just, the game is insta over. Is it, This is one of those that like not exactly deterministic, but then it becomes. It's effectively. It, it becomes it. And so here's the cool thing. So Mesmeric Orb, right? Mm-hmm. To help cycle through your deck and, and Emrakul to shuffle it all yep. back in. So you're just. Yep. Yep. And then eventually, what you uh, just cast Emrakul and kill him? You uh, or do you, you get can, something from the graveyard with? Let's see. So usually, you, well, it's it's a fuck it's with Aetherfuck sort of. Yep. You can, well, but well, you can you can cast you can cast Emrakul and kill them, um, or, or take an extra turn and kill them, or you can Aetherfuck special four and kill them. Um, I think there was another one I saw. Well, you can, I was going to say you, you don't can have also, to go that big with this deck to just get fifteen mana. <laughs> no, you don't. You can also just Mycosynth Lattice lock them out. Like, yeah. there's lots of. It's so I watched LSV play it, and this was weeks ago. So the deck's probably been tuned quite a bit since then. But I think he went like three two in the league, or maybe maybe two three. But like the games he lost, like, the games he won. I think I watched like the first three matches in a row, and like every game he won in the first three matches, he won on turn one or two. Mm-hmm. And then every game that went to like, the first couple matches, every game that went to turn three plus, he lost. Just every time his opponent had the chance to set up at all, he didn't win. Every time he was able to, and he very consistently could do the thing on turn zero or turn one, or turn one or whatever, and yeah. the game was over. He just won on turn one or turn two. Yep, it's interesting. Uh, Crystal Vein is a card you do not see very often. No, it's a, just a dog shit card. Uh, it's a just a unless you just need unless you just need another soul land. Unless you just need another soul land, it's just a tap for a generic mana or tap sacrifice and get two. Like pretty bad. Unless. Unless you're trying to go <laughs> off on turn one or turn two. Yep. And then all of a sudden it's pretty good. 
Yeah, it was pretty. It was a pretty cool deck to watch play. It, it looked like a lot of fun to play. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, it takes four Grim Monolith and three Lion's Eye Diamonds to play it. Yep, and four City of Traitors. Yep, we've got a couple of those. I will give you some really cool planters for them. No, <laughs> my birthday is coming up, Matt. Yeah, and I already got you your birthday present. Did you? What'd you get me? That, I, 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 I'm not saying you didn't. I'm just saying I misplaced wrench. it. Yes. The, yes, the, yes, 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 yes. Really yes, nice yes. wrench that you were like, man, I'd really like to have that, but yes. I can't justify buying it. And then you never use it. <laughs> I I have. It's a very good wrench. I have used it multiple times. Have you used it as often as the Allen wrenches I got you? No. <laughs> but that's how special tools work. I know. That's exactly how special tools work. It's got a flippy side. You can just use both either side. It is not nearly as good as a uh, as one of these. This like it's because its range of motion is like this. It's a very narrow range of motion when you set it. So is this one like I could? I, I, great, great audio podcast. Yep. But this pair of channel lock wrenches, when I open them, they have a very wide. So I can if I'm like I can make it work. You know I mean, I got I'm a big hands. I can make this work. You know, it's not ideal. Mm-hmm. Whereas that wrench, like this, is this range of motion from like here to here. So it's a very tight tolerances. Mm. You have to set, you have to, it's a little more finicky to make sure you get it set right. But like I said, though, like it does things this wrench cannot do, which is not destroy whatever I'm tightening. Yeah, and there fair. are, I mean, there are times when that is just, that is the deciding factor. And I would, I, I would never own, I would probably die having never owned a set of those wrench, a, a set of that wrenches. Yeah. Your birthday's already been handled. Yes. I forgot about that, but I thank you very much. I do very much love that tool. I mean, it's lit, dude. Have you seen? It's in my toolbox. It's in my carry into every single home toolbox, just in case, because that's where I'll need it. Anywho, sorry, magic. Yep, wrenches. <laughs> that's next week's podcast. We're yep. gonna do. We're doing an hour and a half on wrenches. Wrench cartel. <laughs> wrenches and channel locks, and I mean, I'm, I'm telling you guys, if you want to get Nipex, is the way to go. Uh, it's so funny. God, so we haven't had tangent in a little while, but like. Even even our work is very divided on what is the correct wrench. Where like I was talking to my boss about him, and he was like, "Those things are junk," and I was like, "You're high," because he's a channel lock guy. He loves I, to his be channel locks. Honest, I'm with him. Like you're a channel lock dude. I don't have like I don't care that much. The as a novice using them, yeah. it's a lot easier. The channel locks are a lot easier to yeah, use. They have like five settings. Well, and they're they they go in between settings a lot easier. Yep. Like it's just a lot smoother of an yes. experience. So like when we were putting working on that water heater, and I was taking that shit off the old one. Yep. Like you have to fight these a little more. You got to fight those to yep. get it. And like with my channel locks, I just pulled them out and like yep. got it. That's fair. Yeah, that's fair. I these have this has this probably has twice as many settings as most of your channel locks. Like, but yeah, like he's a huge channel locks fan. You, I've had some guys who love the Nipex, but they they don't like this version. They only like the push button version. Mm-hmm. I haven't found anyone that likes Milwaukee. Milwaukee channel locks can go fuck themselves. Those I things guess. suck. <laughs> if you love Milwaukee channel locks and you listen to our podcast, Get but, out. <laughs> no, so I was gonna say no. By all means, at me in the comments because those things are garb. I have bought one of each size, not in existence, <clears throat> but like small, medium, and large. I hate them. I use them and they're not useless by any means, but I hate them compared to my Nipix. I love my Nipix. So not that, not that it's a guarantee, but I imagine the net that we cast doesn't get a whole lot of people who are super (laughs) like (laughs) divided on channel locks. (laughs) I think it's, so it's funny to me. So before I got this job, 
I literally had never used I hated channel locks because I didn't learn how to use them right. I own probably 12 pair of channel locks now. I have so many. I what own so many fucking pair of channel locks. Well, because I use them and because they're a relatively cheap tool, a lot of the different versions operate differently. And so it's I keep I often will be like, well, I'll spend 15 bucks and try a new set. Let's see how Irwin runs their channel locks. I'll try their. I'll try some Irwin channel locks. Mm-hmm. Let's try some Milwaukee ones. Let's try. I got an extra twenty bucks. I could use another set of medium. Let's try this style of channel lock. And I have. I probably have ten or twelve pair of channel locks now. Yeah, I love them. I use the. I use them more than anything else. Good tool. Yes, they for are for sure. Very versatile tool. Yep, you can get a lot done with a pair of channel locks. Anywho, yeah. Sorry, guys. Wrench cartel. So the metagame summary. So I haven't actually gone through it, and I do want to actually look at this a little bit. So we've got 25% as other, eight decks. So that would be like the white-black white, one. I want to see what else we have. There's some weird Grixis list. Let's see what's in this. So that looks, we've got like Shallow Grave. So is that, uh, what's its? The Grixis Tempo in ninth place? Uh, No, 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 no. Uh, that one, that's just Grixis Tempo. That's categorized. Oh, you mean the, you mean the Grixis yeah, in 11th? Yeah, it's in 11th place. Um, it's got Sauron in it. Like, bad. it's a weird reanimator list. It's like a bad reanimator. The thing that threw me off was Shallow Grave. Um, That made me think of a, hell is that, reanimator variant that, like, loops through its deck. I can't think of the deck name. Oh, I don't I don't know. I, I yeah. know what you're talking about, but I don't know either. Yeah. Um. Oh, uh, isn't the, the Corlos, isn't the Children of Corlos version? Yeah. Where your children, you're going to be children, children-ing and drawing a bunch of cards with Grizzlebrand and then... And then getting Emrakul into the graveyard and drawing a bunch of cards again. Yeah, it, the uh, the shallow grave is what threw me off there, but yeah, that just looks like a really weird reanimator list. Because I mean, like, it, it lets you throw uh, tracks in and attack. I just want to take a peek at these because it kind of matters. So then we got a control list. To, to clarify on that deck, though, it did. It, we we do have four reanimate, two exhum. Like they do have six other yeah. like reliable reanimate spells, and then we just have two kind of iffy reanimate spells. And then four grief, three on mask. So a lot of the bones of a standard reanimator deck, which is some and some odd choices in the in the creatures as well, like one Sheldred, one Sauron, the Dark Lord, uh, one Troll of Cause of Doom, stuff like that. So the other looks like there's probably like five ish, five or six decks in there that are just legitimately different. Yeah. So like all that being said, the other isn't just dominated by one deck. Nope. I mean, there's in the next place we've got Grixis Tempo. Yep. So Grixis Tempo is the dominant deck. Yes, it which is. Which is basically what I was confirming. I didn't oh, want to make sure. I wanted to make sure that like yeah. initiative wasn't, you know. There wasn't, another, there wasn't five initiative right. decks in So there. we've got, we're right back to 15%. Five of the top 32 is gr- listed as Grixis Tempo. Then yep. there is also another blue-red Delver deck in there. So six of the top 32, we're looking at right back to 18, 19% of Delver decks. Yes. So... We'll see. We have to get a trend. I know. We'll see what happens next week. Man, these trends are getting pretty easy to predict. (laughs) (laughs) Since Delver of Secrets was printed, (laughs) we've been noticing this trend for the past 10 fucking years. (laughs) That Delver Days Wasteland shell came about. It's almost like Delver Days, Wasteland, Ponder, and Preordain and Force of Will are pretty good fucking yep. cards, and they're just going to adopt the new hotness every fucking time. Yep. Anywho, next up, we've got Mardu Stoneblade. I will politely disagree, though, that I did say, or I said disagree, but point out that I did say 
I would be content if Delver's high days was in the 14 to 16%. Like if we saw Delver once in a while topping out at 16% of the meta, I wouldn't complain too much. I would I wouldn't mind seeing Delver as the most prevalent deck every week and the like like it's like 12%, 10%, 9% and then once in a while a 15-16. So no, oh. I did say that and I do stand behind it. And well that's fair. The problem is we literally just briefly experienced like legacy nirvana i know and then lord of the rings came out and bowmaster came out and that's just like bowmaster does a great job of hating on you know it does a great job of hating out brainstorm and ponder these crazy broken cards that were number two and four most played cards in the challenge right that's because that's something you brought up earlier and it's like i agree that it does if, hate on if, those cards. If it was a lot harder for Delver to cast, it yeah. does make Brainstorm, it punishes Brainstorm 100%. Yep. So uh, what do you do? You run it in Brainstorm decks. Yep. Like, or if it wasn't symmetrical. Or sorry, if it was if it was symmetrical. Yeah. If it said, you know, each whenever each player draws a card, draws another card, then their opponent gets to make a dude or something. Yeah, something. Their opponent does the thing. Right. Um. So Mardu Stoneblade, then Mono White Stoneblade. So a lot of uh, um, a lot of Stoneforge Mystics. Yeah, Stoneforge Mystic. That was I was brain farting on that. And then twelve percent. So sixteen in the top thirty-two, sixteen copies in the top thirty-two. I should say. And apparently some Thalias. That I was actually thinking about that when we were going through the white black, and I was like, is it getting to the point where creatures are dominant enough that Thalia just isn't that good anymore? Especially considering Thalia and Bowmasters cost the same. Yeah. And Bowmasters is really like solid against not necessarily Thalia decks, but Thalia itself. Oh yeah, just laughs at it, Thalia. You cast it right through Thalia, and then in it theory, kills they dr- it kills Thalia if they ever do any shenanigans, right? Yeah. Um. Well, I mean, it will just straight up come down and kill, kill Thalia. Yeah. But like, if you're on the play, you can just be like, pass the turn. I'm gonna play Thalia. Thalia. Enters, enters okay, turn. cool. It enters cool. Okay. And you hear on the draw, and they go on turn two, play Thalia. I'm like, okay, cool. On turn three. Bowmasters. Yeah. Or on my turn to Bowmasters, kill it. So I was just like, I'm curious. This, I was actually curious if like Thalia yeah. was just dead. Well, it's a good Bowmasters. argument because like Death and Taxes, the reason Death and Taxes was so good is it is it preyed upon Legacy's spellness. Like it is here to hate out and punish spells and non-creature spells. And yeah. like Legacy for the last couple of years has been moving farther and farther away from that like spell centric idea mm-hmm. as a format because there's just so many good creatures to run now. Yeah. And Thalia just on average does less work. Yep. And dies quicker and dies quicker. Yeah. Yep. Well, and the creatures themselves are better. So it's just like, even if you're punishing my non creatures, it doesn't, how much does it matter if I just slam a Merc Titan and kill you? Uh huh. Like, okay, cool. My ponder cost two this turn. Take eight. Yep. <laughs> like, <laughs> Whoopty fucking do. Um, <clears throat> next up, eight cast with two, reanimator with two, death shadow with two, then a bunch of one offs, including goblins nice. and ninjas. And, oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, strictly speaking, no elves. There is a black green list that is not categorized as elves. It's kind of sort of elves. I mean, it. I guess it does have natural order, but it doesn't have glimpse. And it's got a few elves. It's kind of those like weird lists, like it's running Ignoble Hierarch. And noble hierarch as opposed to Llanowar elves, but it does have a couple of Allosaurus shepherds, and apparently that's enough to be categorized as an elf deck. Gotcha. At least according to some people. So, not doing the sock elf joke. Nope. It's run its course. Yeah, that thing ran its course the second time. (laughs) It's just like the race (laughs) is over, and it's just like, 
well, we're just going to keep beating this. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, so most played cards, Force of Will, Brainstorm, Bowmasters. I mean, once again, a creature in the most played cards is incredibly uncommon. Yep. Um, then Ponder and Lotus Petal. It beat out Ponder, and yep. it only had two copies less than Brainstorm. Yeah. With a higher percentage of decks it's in. More decks played Bowmasters than Brainstorm. Yep. There's just a couple more copies of Brainstorm than Bowmaster. Which which the funny thing is you're gonna there's gonna be a little bit of a seesaw because uh-huh. like eventually Bowmasters is it's, just not gonna be very good because it's gonna kill all the brainstorm. It's there. like Thoughtseize and Veil, right? Like right. if Ve- if Thoughtseize ever became the number three most played card, we'd probably see Veil in the next one or two cards. Mm-hmm. So uh top creatures, Bowmaster. Man, where does this sound familiar? Bowmasters. So the new broken hotness. New right? broken hotness for two mana. Merktide Regent DRC. Yep. Yeah, it's like the like is it Delver's in the top is the top 3 and they just picked up a yep. sweet a smoking hot new new toy. Then Recruiter the Guard, which I imagine a lot of that like we eventually after the world's longest brainstorming session came to the conclusion of it yes. grabs the that initiative guy, but it also grabs Bowmaster as well. Yep. Um then Solitude and it also grabs Solitude. It does. Yep. That card gets a lot of shit. I, yeah. I'm a well, little disappointed in myself with, that I didn't see that because I was thinking about uh-huh, it too. Yeah, and I showed it too. Yeah, like with Power Creep though. Like again, Recruiter is one of those cards that just gets better forever because yeah. as Power Creep happens and and every card sadly starts, is legal in Legacy starts getting lower and lower toughness to uh, to compensate for its crazy power level. Like it's it's a great way to balance a card. We'll just give it one or two toughness, and it's like, oh cool, now now we can fish it out of our next Recruiter gets it. it. <clears throat> uh, top spells, force of War- Force of Will, Brainstorm, Ponder, Lotus Petal, and Days. Man, that sounds weird. That's what you're talking about. Yep. Anywho, nothing to see here. <laughs> All right. Let's bump on over to Modern. Um, let's keep it a little short today because it's already very Just late. Just like we do every week. Because we do every week. <laughs> I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to breeze through it because we do want we do want to do our Patreon episode still. And uh I'm very tired. I, I was telling Matt, so we'll have another another tangent here to make it l- episode longer. Yep. But like I have been obscenely burned out lately, and a big part of that is and Matt actually summarized it really well in a way I hadn't thought about it, but I haven't been doing anything at work. My job hasn't required me to do much actual work. Other like I do like, you know, I run like drain machines and I do like I go through and do inspections in homes, but I haven't been solving any problems. And so when I go, you know, weeks and weeks and weeks without really solving any problems, I just don't get a lot of fulfillment and I kind of start to feel really burned out. And I can, I do, it was crystal clear today. So I, I, I saw you in the office today and I was like genuinely happy. Like a weight had been lifted off my shoulders and chest because I had just come off of a repair. You got to actually be a plumber for yes. a couple hours. I got to actually, and like, I mean, I'm sorry, this, the customer had a situation that they, <laughs> their toilet was draining really slow. You'd flush it and it would fill up and then drain real slow. And I couldn't get it with the hand dog. I couldn't beat whatever it was through. So I have a little endoscope camera. I can look up into the toilet, into the into the curves of the trap of the toilet. And uh, there was a fucking vape in there. <laughs> and the 17-year-old daughter confirmed without a doubt that it was her friend's vape. And it must have been her friend's and not hers. Do you think it still works? <laughs> I asked them if they wanted me to get it back out. Because they had to buy, unfortunately, that it's done. Yeah. That's what I can't get that toilet. I can't get out of that toilet. So I they had to buy a Especially new one. Especially after you beat that yeah, fucking thing in there I with tried the to auger. Beat through. <laughs> it's like wedge into the fucking. Oh, like, yeah. That thing's there. Porcelain. I, yep. I get it. I'm going to hammer it. I can get I told him they thought it'd be funny if I go get it out and give it back to him. <laughs> give it to your friend. It's got a good draw. <laughs> <laughs> That's a unique flavor. <laughs> yes. But, um, 
but I got to do a repair and I, I, I'm, I'm, it sucks. They had to go through it and deal with it, but like, I got to find a problem, solve a problem. And I just was like happy. So that's what it was. That's, that's exactly what it is. So I'm very tired. I'm very burned out. So hopefully we can roll through this. Unfortunately, we have a really crazy deck in first place <laughs> with a modern challenge uh, by Tezzy. It's labeled Lawness combo. It's a four color deck. No red. Um, the only blue card in the main is Lawness, the cryptozoologist. And the only white card in the main is Samwise Gamgee. So we're actually looking at a Golgari deck, but not the traditional Golgari deck you'd see in... Uh, yeah, it's not like Yawgmoth. No, there's not. It's, there's no Undying and there's no Yawgmoth. Oddly enough, it plays a little bit like, <laughs> like it the does. combo. So we have, we a have little bit like Yawgmoth. four Court of Calling still. We have four Collected Company, because these, these are all Coco cards. We have 30 creatures to go with that Coco. Yep. Uh, two witches ovens, and then there's a bunch of shit in here. So I'll, I'll kind of piece it out. So we have the mana ramp spells like, um, like Dryad Arbor, or uh, Dryad Arbor's not really a map, I guess, in modern, but um, Delighted Halfling and Gilded Goose. So the ability to kind of accelerate some stuff out. Then you have um, your token generators, and these make tokens in some way or the other, like Lawness, the cryptozoologist. Uh, it's a it's a green blue for a one two legendary creature. Whenever a non-token creature enters the battlefield under your control, you investigate. So you make a, a clue token. And then it has this thing where you can tap it and sack a bunch of clues, and then you look at the top X cards of your opponent's library, and you play a permanent. That doesn't fucking matter. It doesn't. I promise. I'm sure it could happen. It doesn't matter. So you've also got um, Samwise Gamgee, which is a green-white for a 2-2. Whenever another non-token... Dude, the worst thing about Lord of the Rings, in my opinion, is that these... All these fucking known characters have six fucking cards. Yeah, I know. That's I can't just say Samwise. Nope. Hey, did you see the Even news? though this guy's name is just Samwise Gamgee. He, there's well, also I was doing fine until he played Frodo. Really? Which one? Right. Anyway, Samwise Gamgee. Uh green white for a two-two. Uh, whenever another non-token creature enters a battlefield under your control, create a food token. And you can sack three foods to return a historic card from your graveyard to your hand. For reference, historic cards are gonna be, I think they're Legendaries, legendaries, artifacts, legendaries, and sagas. Sagas are historic. So he makes food whenever a creature ETBs. You have Academy Manufacturer, which if you would create a clue, food, or treasure token, you create all three. So, you know, you make a food, you also get a treasure and a, and a clue. Three mana, one, three. You have Chatterfang, the squirrel general. So three mana, three, three, forest walk. If one or more tokens would be generated under your control, you make... Uh, those tokens, those, those tokens, I, I keep, I keep, I'm too far away from my screen. Under your control, those tokens plus that many 1-1 one, one squirrel creature tokens are created instead. So if you're making tokens, you're making 1-1 one, one squirrels as well. You also have a Paragon Took, which is a 3-mana 2-3. If one or more tokens would be created under your control, that many tokens plus a food token are created instead. So you've got tons of ways to make extra tokens whether they be investigate tokens or food tokens or clue tokens or treasure tokens or whatever our payoffs to the best of my ability to understand the only real payoffs we have in here is the infinite combo that involves cauldron familiar basira seer and then a way to reliably make food when it etbs there's several ways to do that Obviously, Samwise Gamgee is the cleanest answer, and that's we saw this as soon as this card got spoiled. People were brewing up a uh, collected company or court of calling based decks because you can get Co Coco hits all the pieces. It hits Vasira Seer, it hits Samwise Gamgee, and it hits uh, Cauldron Familiar. They go infinite immediately. You sack the Cauldron Familiar to the Vasira Seer, 
to scry. Mm-hmm. You sack the food to bring the t- cat back. The cat coming back makes a food and it drains them for one. Repeat ad nauseum. Repeat. They're dead. That also works um, if you have Paragon Took and Lawness, the cryptozoologist, because a creature entering the battlefield triggers Lawness. You make a you make a clue. The clue, thanks to Paragon, makes a food. And as long as you have Viserys here, you can sack it. Repeat ad nauseum. It also works if you have Academy Manufacturer and any other treasure or uh, token generator. Um, I guess, though, realistically, that's kind of just extra, right? Because all of our token generators make food. I guess. I guess so. Academy Manufacturer with Lawness Cryptozoologist also goes infinite yeah. with Viserys here. Because you get the clue, and- then that makes you get the. Yes. Clue token. Yes. The the Academy manufacturer makes Lonis's clue token also give you a food on top of other things. But so all of these things kind of work together to essentially be looping Cauldron Familiar with Viserys here, infinitely ending the game on the spot. You you do also have two witches ovens, but it's it's important to know that you have to tap witches oven to use it. So it's it 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 could get the ball rolling though if you have a way to with tokens make tokens. You know, yeah. but if you you can't go infinite with it because you can do it once a turn. Well, and there's one of the things that this deck's going to do a lot is at least until you get the combo, if you ever do, this deck is going to be like super fucking grindy. Like, yes. Because you're just going to be... You're generating a ton of a third of a card value. Right. All these investigate tokens or food tokens or treasure tokens or whatever. Like yeah. you're going to be... You're, you're constantly generating just a ton of stuff. Uh, you on in the sideboard, you basically have um, some answers. So like force of vigor, endurance, Lavinia. Obviously, your deck's pretty weak. Your deck is, in my opinion, pretty weak to an um, a fury in that it's going to be a two for one pretty consistently and sometimes much worse. It's also pretty weak to solitude. Solitude stops it. it this all happens at not sorcery speed necessarily, but the combo is easily broken up at instant speed. If, if you, you have- if you catch it right, it depends. So it depends on honestly, honestly, I guess it, it depends on the setup. If they only have one food, it's pretty easy to catch them because yeah. you have to sack the food to bring the cat back. But in fairness, if you have more than one food, you can like try to solitude the Viserys here or actually no, 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 because you can always solitude the third piece because so Viserys here kind of protects the cat, but you could, but I mean, you, but you could try and hit the Viserys here. Well, it is in response. You bring it back, but you should be able to hit. No, I think I'm wrong again. Right. Cause even if you hit the third piece, you could bring the cat back at instant speed. If you had, let's say you had three food, <clears throat> you could bring the cat back at instant speed and then do all this at instant speed. Well, what you have to do to break it up. If I'm looking at it correctly is cats in the graveyard. Yeah. You sacrifice food to bring it back. Yeah. That's on the stack. Yeah. Kill the third thing. Unless so they before- have, unless they have two food because you can just sacrifice a food Right. To put the catch. That's what I'm saying is if they have a couple food, I, I actually don't think you can interrupt this. Well, I mean, not not with one, obviously. You would need two. Yeah, you need yeah. multiple kill spells. I'm just saying that's what I'm saying, though. If they if they have stockpiled some food, it, it is. <clears throat> I, I'm correcting myself. Yeah. It actually is kind of hard to interrupt, even with a solitude. <clears throat> Excuse me. So that is a huge point in its favor. Um, Chalice of the Void, Fatal Push, Haywire Might, Pithing Needle, Soul Guide Lantern, and Lavinia in the side. This deck's weird. Um, it's really cool. I'm 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 shocked it came in first place. This seems like a really 
scatterbrained three-card combo, but it absolutely just brought it home the gold. So tons of credit to Tezzy. I would love to hear more about this deck or if people have been having success with it, like what it's like to play. Because I do not fully understand the play patterns in that at all. Second place, a deck I can get my head around a little bit better, Rakdos Midrange. Uh, this deck's pretty easy to go through. Have you be- tried just casting Ragavan? I hear it's pretty good. <laughs> or just uh, evoking uh, grief and then in- undying it on turn one. Also very good. Yep. Um, oddly enough, un- evoking fury and uh, undying it against that last deck would have been really good too. Obviously, it wasn't good enough, but yeah. it is very good. Um, but yep, this looks like a pretty standard um, Rakdos mid-range Rakdos scam deck with four Orcish Bowmasters in the main, uh, two Fable the Mirror Breakers. Yeah, I was going to say, it looks like the only... They kind of cut some of the bullshit that was going on last week. Yeah. At least with this one. Yep. And just, okay, we're going to run the Bowmasters because you're dumb not Master, to. Yep. And then and we're right back to... Skip. With how prevalent the ring is, especially in modern. Like, Bowmasters gains so much extra... Like, the value Bowmasters gains in Legacy because of Brainstorm and Ponder, it gains in modern because of the one ring. Yeah. Um, but other than that, nothing really going on in the main board here. Sideboard looks pretty standard as well. The only new cards is like that Cast in the Fire we've seen before, which is just... If the ring's going to be in 30 to 40% of decks, like let's run a card that just removes the ring. Yep. And also, you know, has great utility against other decks as well. Well, one of the other things it does is cleanly answer a Bowmaster. And it also does, <laughs> yes. It like also, like it cleanly pop, answers pop. the 30 to 40% of decks that are running Bowmaster and the 30, 40% that are running the ring. Yep. And the 20% that run them both. Yes. Or whatever. I'm super happy. So in third place to finally get to look at one of these 15 land cycling decks or not cycling decks, a living end decks. Yep. So uh, this deck came out with the new cycle land cycling cards. People immediately started playing around with dropping the land count in uh, living end because what deck would just love to cycle a bunch of big fat creatures into the sideboard or into the sideboard, into the graveyard and then pop them back out later. So three Oliphant, three generous Ent, bringing in, uh, enough cyclers to drop us down to 15 lands in living end so that those living ends just hit that much harder with like, I mean, the cards aren't great, but like a five, seven that a five, seven with reach the ETBs makes a food. Um, the only font I think is actually decent. Yeah. Isn't the it? only font's really good. Yeah. The only font when it attacks another one of your creatures gets the two plus plus two plus O and trample yeah. the tramples huge. So being able to give some of these big fatties, I mean like the generous end, for example, or, um, uh, like the Waker of Waves. Being able to give it trample is a very relevant keyword. Uh, other than that, though, nothing really going on in the in the, in the the deck. Um, main board or sideboard, everything's pretty bog standard. And it, this has already become the standard form of living end. Like, immediately... Oh, yeah, this, it was inevitable. This trimmed down, reduced land land count, high creature count yep. um, became, the, became the, the status quo. Fourth place, we have the traditional Golgari deck. Yogmoth combo, rocking four delighted halflings, and no rings this time. I believe that I believe Yogmoth last time we saw it had picked up a couple rings I as just so, a yeah. like a solid four mana card to play. Mm-hmm. Instead, though, we have Sheltered the Apocalypse because, in my opinion, what's the worst thing that can happen to a Yogmoth deck is it gets down to like five life, and it just can't do anything. Yeah. Well, if only we could, I don't know, gain two life. For every card we draw that we paid a life to draw. Yep. So now we just go legitimately infinite. Um, we do have four Orcus Bowmasters in here to go with it as and well. The other thing, Sheltered also punishes the shit out of the ring. 
Oh, that's a good point too. Yeah, it's like, also just like it's a good orcish bowmaster type card for the ring. And they also have four bowmasters, so it's just like fuck the ring. Yep. And then so this deck, uh, interestingly enough, running Zulaport Cutthroat over Blood Artist. Isn't Blood Artist a one mana sp- or Blood Artist a two mana, isn't it? Yeah, they're both two mana. Um the difference is Blood Artist gets it whenever any creature dies, not just a creature you control, but it's targeted. So whereas uh Zulaport Cutthroat is just each opponent, so it can get around like a ley line of sanctity and shit like that. Do you know what else it can get around? Uh what? The one ring. Oh, yeah. Protection. Yep. Protection from everything does not count loss life loss. Nope. So <clears throat> Really sick, really sick uh, tech there to swap out the Blood Artist for. It's like you can't just slam your one ring against Yogmoth and be like, cool, I'm safe. No. Nope. Because they can get their chain rolling, slam a Zolapore Cutthroat, and wrap the game up. Yeah. And you get you get a lot less like incidental value from like their shit dying. Yeah. But, but what like, you're really it, wanting to do is just go infinite and win anyway. It, that's very much one of those things like where, yes, technically it is a better card, so you should be, in, well, before the ring, so you should be running it, but the very minor percentage points, you know, oh, Blood Artist over Zolaport Cutthroat. Yeah. Actually, I mean, arguably not because uh, Blood Artist is a 0-1. Zolaport Cutthroat's a 1-1. It can matter, but yeah. Very minor percentage points on why one would, would be better than the other one from the effect pers- perspective until the one ring comes into play, and now it's a huge difference. Mm-hmm. Um, hopping into the sideboard, I do I do love seeing Void Mirror. Love that card. A couple go for the throats. Um, Haywire Might. Again, a wonderful answer to the ring, by the way. One green, exile it, exile the ring, gain two life. Yep. And Phyrexian Metamorph, another great answer to the ring. Just make my own. Yeah. And then two Elvish Course. What is that? <laughs> Random fucking cards, dude. Three and a green for an enchantment. You may look at the top card of your library at any time. You may cast creature spells from the top of your library. And creatures you control have tap, add a mana of any color. Is that worth four mana? I don't know. No. So there's there's been a bunch of these types of effects. Is Cryptolith right legal in I I modern? don't know off the top of my head, but I want to say yes. Because if it is, like that's I mean, I get you get the uh you get the uh what's it called when you play from the top? There's a word for it. Yeah, I don't I know what you're talking. Future site. You you get the future site, which is relevant, but isn't Cryptolith right two mana? Yeah. Cryptolith right is two. I mean, to be fair, the the playing off the top of your deck is usually three or four. This basically just has a Cryptolith right yeah. stapled on top of it. Um, which means it's probably the best version of this effect. I don't I've tried these kind of things before and I'm not a huge fan of them. Mm-hmm. Um like in uh pioneer elves there's i can't remember the name of it but there's like a changeling that has the same effect yeah uh yes it's you like uh, it's you name a creature type and then you realm can get, walker yeah realm walker that type of effect where you can just play creatures off the top of your deck notably worse in a deck like this though with yeah with a bunch no, of no, no synergy cre- yeah creature the other thing to keep in mind though is like with a creature what inevitably happens is you tap out on turn three or four whichever one it casts yep and it dies to bolt yes that's just that that's what those cards do. Yeah. Because as soon as your opponent knows you have them, it's like, well, because they are incredibly powerful. They are. So they can't stick around. Nope. And they cost almost always more mana than the removal spells in the format. Uh-huh. Elven Chorus, on the other hand, not only do you get the added effect of turning all your dudes into dorks, which matters a lot. Yep. Um, it's also not a creature, so it doesn't just die to like every removal spell in existence. That's very good points. Yeah, so, that's a very good point. Like, I would personally rather run the chorus than those other cards. Whether or not that effect in this deck is worth it, I don't know. 
But like, if I, I was going to run that effect, I'd probably be running this card. Cryptolith right is legal and modern. Okay, I, I figured confirm. it was. But I, I knew is well. The thing is, like, it's so hard these days because, like, I remember seeing it in the modern card frame, but that means nothing anymore. Yeah. The number of cards that have been reprinted as like promos or just like a special or treatment. Just in, yeah, like you know, a commander set. And oh yes, or they they got put they got put in a commander set, so they have a modern frame, but they're not modern legal. Yeah, it's so confusing. But yeah, I, I just don't, imagine how it is for new players. Oh yuck! Whatever you do, <laughs> don't reference the stack. Now, don't mind me while I read this textbook of a card. Right. We can't talk about the stack. Here's Mutate. <laughs> Figure it out. Right. But what happens if I bounce the creature? I don't fucking know. <laughs> what <laughs> if I kill the creature before it finishes mutating? <laughs> I know the answer to both of those, but it's very... Trust me, as someone who plays Pioneer it's with a lot of players who are relatively new to Magic, it's a very confusing situation. Oh, yeah. the The nice thing for me... As while I could very easily learn those, I had stopped playing standard long before Mutate. <laughs> and yeah. I've, to the best of my knowledge, I don't think I've ever played a game against or with Mutate. Well, I could fix that. No, you can't. You can't make me play. <laughs> I'll, play. I'll, I'll, I'll talk you in a game of Magic and <laughs> sneak some Mutate cards in there and I'll make you understand oh, it. Mutate spells on the stack? Concede. <laughs> we have a house rule... You may only concede at sorcery speed, sir. In an EDH game. <laughs> I guess that's true, yeah. I gotta get two friends over here. <laughs> and they're all playing mutate decks. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't know how I feel about that card. Um, I'd love to hear it defended from someone who like plays it or knows why it's in there. It's not, I'm not saying it's a trash card, but I don't know if it, it four man is a lot. Although maybe a in lot. a grindy matchup, maybe it. Uh. Next up, I got five color, four color Omnath. Sorry about that little uh, graphical gl- or uh, audio glitch there. Uh, but nothing in here is really new since the last time we saw it. Delighted Halfling, obviously, a, in, you know, an instant pickup for this. Down to one Nissa Resurgent. We've been between like two and three yeah, of, of those. Messing That's around with those, yep. Definitely dropping down on that. A couple Fury, a couple Solitude. The five mana Elish Norn, Mother of Machines, Omnath. All the Planeswalkers, Ren and Six to Fairy. One ring binding. Nothing really crazy going on in here, is there? Nothing. It nothing super new. Mainboard or sideboard, really? Yeah. yeah. Like crumble the dust. You know, Dovin's veto in the side. Couple veil summer. Yep. Nothing crazy going on in here. Um, you know, the one ring probably, or the one ring, uh, four color Omnath or Omnath in some variety, probably the strongest or at least most consistent one ring deck. Just the just like on raw power level. Yeah, it's just already doing what that card wants to do, anyways, which mm-hmm. is dirtle. Yep, like modern for a little bit has become it has been kind of a grind fest. That deck's very good at grinding, and the one ring just like makes you out ungrind. You can't ungrind a ring, a ring, unless you unless you got your ring first, then you might be able to. With the uh, so this is something we haven't brought up, and I know it's, this card's been legal in modern for a while now. With the addition, like the current state of modern, and the addition of a couple things like Force of Negation, uh, Veil of Summer, and like Flusterstorm. Yeah, like some actual some decent instant speed interaction yeah i'd be curious to see what the format would look like if they slowly trickle in some storm cards and so we could get a storm deck again and gotcha um i just saw fluster storm and i was like we haven't had a storm deck an actual storm deck yeah give like, storm a chance back in like storm a storm modern because i mean it's the whole like hey modern's gonna be like not quite as degenerate that's that ship's fucking that's sailed. gone like a turn four format. What format are you fucking playing? <laughs> like, 
can we just accept the fact that modern is legacy light? Yep. And just I, I not to say I want it to be dominated by like degenerate decks. Or no, anything, yeah, no. But like, hey, we could probably pull pick the worst one or like you know put some thought into it. I yeah. don't know what it would be because I'd have to look at the ban list and think it out, whatnot. But like, pick a storm card and just unban it and see what happens. Because yep. like, there's Twiddle Storm is like. You, right now you have Twiddle Storm and Gutshot. Right. Not Gutshot. Um, Underworld Breach is the. No. Well, that's the card I'm thinking of. What's the red one? Grape Shot. Grape Shot. Yeah. You you have Twiddle Storm and Grape Shot. Yeah, but that's the card that you'd have to worry about a little bit. Is eventually Storm plus Underworld Breach is probably going to be some sort of problem. Yeah. But it also it also could just be a cool card, and we do have you know like I said a few ways to answer it now like. I'd be curious to see. Yeah, what it's, it's, it's just one of those things where it's like, and again, you know me, I'm a big fan of unbanning cards or, or, or once a format has like, cause I, you make a rule on like a, this card can't be in a format or this, this type of deck can't be in a format. You can say a lot of things about pioneer. We're like, we cannot allow shit to be in pioneer. Well, like give pioneer 15 years of cards, right? Design cards for 15 years and put them in pioneer. And then tell me for a fact that we can't fucking put something in like, right. Something like the, what we thought today is, is relevant. So like the, the modern metagame, like every, in my opinion, with how powerful cards are getting, it's incredibly foolish to not look at the ban list once a year. Not necessarily pull something off, but be like, is there anything we can reevaluate here? Because yeah. like if you look at what these decks are doing, like there's, yep. I guarantee you there's cards on there that just, I mean, the first one that pops into my head, and this is going to be an obvious, is like Glimpse of Nature. You're telling me Glimpse of Nature it's is too, too strong for modern right now? Yep. Like, fuck off. Yeah, like, <laughs> 100%. Now, there's some stuff like I still probably wouldn't put Skull Clamp back in the format. <laughs> or, you know, Hypergenesis or something like that where you can do some just wacky-ass shit, right? Uh-huh. We clearly don't need Eldrazi Winter back. No, I think we should definitely put, uh, what's the Eldrazi Temple? Yeah, uh, Ugin's I have the Eye of Ugin, Ugin yeah. yeah. I think I think we should I have Ugin back in here 100. Yeah. Well, the funny thing is, is again, when was the last time you saw Eldrazi? Yeah, no, I, you, I we not to say that like Eldrazi Tron has popped up, but like uh, oof, it's, not, uh, again, I'm not arguing for the removal of that yeah, from the list, me either, but, but like, like yeah. it's basically not a deck now. Yep. So it was still a deck for a while after those cards got banned because those Eldrazi were still very strong. Yes, cards. they were. Um, they're just not anywhere close to being playable right now. So like. Maybe we could pull some of that stuff off. It's one of those things. Like it's it's worth looking at, guys. Yep. Right, let's let's wrap this meta up. Uh, sixth place, another Rakdos scam deck. Uh, deck looks is pretty much the same. Uh, two Blood Moon is they have two Fable the Mirror Breaker. A little different in the main. I mean the the fl- the Fables are on the side, like they just swapped them in and out for the main <clears> board. But yeah, almost uh, almost the same in the main board here. Nothing nothing to go into on that one. Uh, seventh place, we have Domain Zoo. A cool deck that I'm happy to see, but not much to be said about it. Hey, look, we found a reason to put black in here. <laughs> As it has the good domain cards, um, and then it has Orcish Bowmaster. Well, it's it's just like, well, we all we are already running a five color deck. Fuck yeah, fuck it. Like absolutely, I guarantee you, Bowmasters oh. is better than almost any card in this deck. My mana base is a little weaker because <laughs> now I have to actually have access to black mana sometimes. Right. But yeah. Uh, Lilan Binding, Tribal Flames, the the things like Sign of Draco and Nishiba Brawler, stuff like that, Wild in the Cattle. And then Orcus Bowmaster on top of it. Sideboard, nothing crazy going on in there. Chain to Rocks, really cool. Love that. Enchant a Mountain, remove a creature forever. Yep. Uh, rest in Peace, Terra Sunder. Love Terra Sunder. That's a really cool card. 
Yep. And then wrapping it up, we have another deck. Uh, not super interesting to talk about other than I'm super happy to see. Another 14 land living end deck. Uh, three Oliphant, four Generous Ent. We were talking, um, I wish I wish I knew what they were running lands before. I, I so really look at land count. So I was watching LSV play a lot of a Lord of the Rings draft, and mm-hmm. the way he values these one mana cyclers is usually about half a land when you're looking at your mana base. So, you know, seven uh, land cyclers here is looking at about three-ish and a half lands, maybe round up to four lands. So you're looking at an 18 land deck, and I don't remember what they ran before. Probably so, 20-ish. I mean, I, like, I'd be shocked if it was less than 20. They might be a little, because they do, have, I mean, there are still, like, I mean, like, the whole only thing this deck does is cycle. So, like, you definitely can already run a reduced mana base because you're going to see so much of the deck. And then these guys get to drop that. Another, yeah, but like four-ish lands, four or five lands seems about right. All of that being said, there is nothing going on in this main board that looks interesting or the sideboard that looks interesting. So, let's wrap things up. Metagame summary, a measly, minuscule 22% of the metagame was Rakdos Scam this week. Seems um, good. Seems pretty good. 15.5% living end. Then we have 9%, uh, three decks other. So seven Rakdos midrange, five living end, three other, two Yogmoth, Murktide, Jund Saga. We got Jund Saga popping up. That's pretty cool. Two Crashing Footfalls, two for our five color Omnath, and then a stack of one ofs. Your most played cards Orcish Bowmasters, Grief, Ragavan, Fury Thoughtseize. That almost could just be a whole deck right there. Mm hmm. Uh, top creatures, uh, Orcish Bowmasters, Grief, Ragavan, Fury, Charlotte's Agent. That could. That's most of a deck right there. That's most of a deck right there, actually. And then top spells Thought Seize, Chalice of the Void, Force Negation, Leyline of the Void, and Lightning Bolt. A little more variety in there. But that brings us to the end of our metagame analysis this week. As we wrap up the episode, Matt, is there anything this week I have forgotten? No, I don't think so. Very cool. Well, final shout out to our patrons. Thank you very much for supporting. If you want to join the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash cantrip cartel. If you want to email us, cantripcartel at gmail.com and face or, and we're at cantrip cartel on Facebook and Twitter. And it's, you can just Google cantrip cartel and you will find us. So we would love to hear from you. Um, I, I will. I love seeing y'all in the Reddit chit chatting, um, throw shade where you feel it is necessary. And like we, 45 minutes to figure out recruiter the guard grabs that initiative. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and we we will see you guys next week. Yep, have a nice night, guys. Um I'm gonna pay three and cast uh or not pay three. I'm gonna pay four and play this stupid initiative card, I guess. I don't know why it's in my deck, but I just net deck, so it's whatever. I'll just cast this initiative card. I, it's a that that it's a three and a black for a two two. Go. Okay, hand of your turn, lightning bolt. It's, it would it's a like it's a counter because I have the initiative, <laughs> so it's dead now. Yep, but you have the initiative. Welcome, step on in to the cantrip cartel. Chicken match, chatting meta games, or slinging some spells, casting elves, sipping on blue soup, and parting some veils. Glimpse of nature once upon a time. They're telling the tale of the elvish visionaries on the wildwood prairies, where the brainstorms are so fearsome, so scary, so legendary. Queering rangers cross the sylvan libraries, where the greens and zenith would parry the clouds and turn their swords into plows. Let them rotate the crops, abundant growth in the ground, nourish the life from the loam until it flourished unbound. Seeds of innocence burnished all the birch lorian mounds. Gaia's cradle exhaled. Carpet a 
the flowers unwound. Birds of paradise sang, tropical islands of sound. Allosaurus, shepherd danced on dinosaurs, stopping grounds. Jake and Matt pondered deeply all this magic they found. Through their visions, doused in serum, they saw only for how to convey these magic stories aloud to the crowds, the masses. Make the voices heard, share the truth, the magic. Through ancestral visions, they felt compelled to draw every single card with the cantrip cartel. Draw cards with the cantrip cartel. Draw cards with the cantrip cartel. <laughs>